Welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast that reminds you it's hip to be square. Toss a coin to this podcast, oh listeners aplenty. On a very special episode, we're hunting monsters with a white-haired hunk. It's The Witcher on Normies Like Us. Hmm. Fuck. Toss a coin to your Witcher. Evil is evil. It's all the same. Yennefer of Vengerberg. My world is cruel. You enter, you survive, you die. Doesn't rhyme. All good predictions rhyme. Fine, Geralt of Rivia. Fuck. Welcome, normies, to a scary unnamed continent full of beasties of the Polish variety. We're talking The Witcher today on Normies Like Us with me, your host, Dandy Colin. Mike of Rivia. Uh, Joe of Ridgefield. <laughs> Uh, Jacob of uh, Cleveland, I guess. Yes, and we're joined today by uh, maybe kind of the, the most knowledgeable person in the room on this podcast today about The Witcher, a friend of the show. Why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, hey, it's uh, Eric of Vengerberg, I guess. <laughs> Is that <laughs> a place in, uh, in the lore? Yeah. That's where Yennefer's from. See, you already yeah. know more than me. Oh, so you're a sorcerer. Here. Oh, that's right, yeah. So uh, we're talking uh, The Witcher, you know. You grew up uh, in a pig pig pen <laughs> you grew up in a pig pen right <laughs> so we'll be going through uh the books uh the game and now the the netflix series that's kind of taken uh at least parts of the world by storm and uh maybe we just go around real quick real quick starting with eric um and get kind of get our background with the series so eric where, where's your background uh with the witcher um all right well i think my background is kind of most people nowadays of starting off with witcher 3 just because to most people, that's like one of the best games of the past decade. Uh, mm-hmm. From there, I kind of just bug bit me really hard, and I just read all the books, went back and tried out uh, the other two Witcher games. Those ones you can pass. Uh, but yeah, no, it's just kind of the overall lore is just one of the best ones to have come out recently. Nice. Well, I, I'm uh, partially Polish, so I feel like uh, I have an undue sense of ownership oh, on, over Mike. this. Um, <laughs> this is your franchise. <laughs> I had a pierogi last week. Uh, so, you know, you actually tried to get me into this game, Eric. You, you lent it to me, and I played Witcher 3 for about an hour. The problem was it, it didn't have the words dark and souls in the title, so I didn't really jump into <laughs> it. But um, I did watch the show, and um, I've kind of been enraptured in the lore, just the fascinating <laughs> this kind of a Polish monster. So that's where I'm at. Uh, Joe, uh, where, where do you come in on this? Think about um, similar, you and I. Similar, yeah. Jacob and Eric, we used to work together, and you guys would pitch this game to me all of the time. I picked it up on a Steam sale. I'll talk more about that when we get to the video game. So I have some experience with the game, and then uh, I have seen the Netflix show as well, but I haven't read any of the books. Uh, pretty, pretty normie when it comes to The Witcher. Gotcha. Jacob. Yes. yes. Um. Yeah, I, you know, I like The Witcher. I played, uh, I first, obviously, like Eric, I played Witcher 3, got really into that, um, put over like 100 hours into that game. Um, and then from there, I was interested in the lore, obviously. So I uh, I didn't get any of the books in like physical form, but I, I got some audiobooks of The Last Wish and uh, Sword of Destiny, which, um, if you don't know, there's the, there's the sort of the novels of the Witcher. And then there's like two short story compilations that were like the first books, which was those two that I just named. And then there's a more novel, which deals more with Siri and all that. 
Um, so I've, I've listened to most of those first two uh, books. Yeah. Gotcha. And by and playing, playing over 100 hours, uh, it does make you an honorary witcher, right, Jacob? <laughs> yeah. uh, yes, I believe so. I and went through the trial the of the grasses and everything. So, yeah. Ooh. Yes. The trial of the grasses. That's right. So, Colin, bringing it back around to Dandy Colin. All right. Dandy Colin here. Um, uh, coming in from a similar angle where the only thing I've experienced with it truly is the Netflix show. So, when the popular zeitgeist, like if we're talking the normie right now, obviously, normies, you're probably listening to this episode because you just watched Henry Cavill take his shirt off, uh, maybe bang two <laughs> chicks, you know? And you're thinking, God, I got to hear more people talk about this. But um, I don't know. I've heard people in the past, like a past guest, uh, Jeremy, on our Stephen King episode. Go back and listen. He's always pitched The Witcher to me. And Jacob, for years, has said best video game of all time. I've seen the show as well, too. I didn't mention that. And we've all finished the show, right? Is that correct? Yeah, I just finished it last night, actually. All right, great. Um, You know, we kind of talked last episode about, you know, games of the decade and stuff. And like this one more Game of the Year awards than uh, The Last of Us. So definitely the normie seems to be the Netflix, then the game, and then the most niche being the novels. And that's where we're going to start this thing off is the novels that inspired it all. So uh, how about, you know, we hop on, get over here, Roach, and we'll go down the road and... uh, start talking the novels that inspired the whole franchise of The Witcher. Winds of Howling. We're sitting at a dark, quiet inn. We're hearing a bard sing a song, a tale of a bastard, a butcher. And you know what, guys? We're about to tell you his story. We're talking Geralt of Rivia. We're going to be talking the books first. We're talking The Witcher, a.k.a. Widzman in Polish, which again is a set of characters and themes in a fantasy-based unnamed medieval continent, carrying over a series of short stories, collection, and novels. It can also be a reference to Geralt of Rivia, who is a witcher, which is a monster hunter for hire. Um, You got the writer. It's Andre. Spakowski, I want to say. Kowski, maybe. That's a little more polar. Sure. I thought maybe, it was Sapachowski. Sapachowski? Sapachowski. Who came up with these in the 1980s. Uh, Poland was going through some revolutionary times. A lot of people think that, uh, you know, the anti-governmental stance that Geralt has throughout the books is that he's a bit of an anarchist because maybe Andre was as well. Kind of an outsider to this very society that he is trying to do good in, right? Kind of an interesting theme. Um, but having not read these, I could be speculating. <laughs> I think I that's true. To. Yeah. yeah, you could later on in the books, it kind of gets a bit of that type of stuff. Um, there's also kind of the whole, like a lot of the lore of it is him trying to kind of put some more Polish lore into like medieval fantasy. Like a lot of like the monsters and stuff like that is just like stuff from Polish heritage. Right. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really kind of into that. Uh, just the idea of having some different types of monsters, you know, than just your typical werewolves and vampire. There are some vampires, but like something like the Striga um, or the Kikamori is like they're very interesting and different. And I like that there's something it's like different. fairy tales your grandma would tell you, Mike. Mm-hmm. So for people who have read these, uh, 
what's what's the density? Are we talking like a song of fire and ice or are we talking like Harry Potter? Are these easy to read? They're definitely yeah. shorter than Game of Thrones, A Song of Ice and Fire. Yeah, I mean, um, the first two books in particular are just a bunch of like little short stories. So they're maybe like just, it's like a chapter two is, is like a story. So like they're very quick and easy to get through the first two. And like, as we talk more about the Netflix show, like a lot of the episodes are basically just a chapter of the short story. Oh, like, interesting. Um, and then once, once the, uh, he kind of started to do a better job with the books and like get a better feel of the world or stuff like that. That's where like, it's more of an actual story throughout. Like it's not just what, like little bits and adventures. So, I mean, I like the idea of this kind of short, like short story nature of it because it just gives you these little bite sized adventures or, or quests, right. As it were in the video game terms. But um, like, is there a certain entry point that you think is a good place for people to get into the books or. It, I would definitely say start off with just the first book, uh, The Last Wish. The Last Wish. Because yeah. I, yeah, because it's, it's, it is kind of one of those, like, it really just throws you right into it, regardless of where you start off. But at least with The Last Wish, you get these, like, little cute little short stories of Geralt traveling across the world, just going to little places. Yeah, and like you said, the uh, a lot of the show, like, so far is based on the different short stories in the book, like the Striga, all that stuff is in The Last Wish. And I like it because it kind of gives you an idea of like just Geralt going about his day to day life and doing his job as a witcher, going from town to town like the like an exterminator and just taking care of whatever local monster problem they have. Um, and then once you get into the whole Siri and Yennefer and like the whole that whole thing that gets more into the the uh, what the novels are about. I think that kind of paints like an interesting picture too of what the Witcher franchise has kind of become because it's almost like. We have three completely different, not completely, but, you know, different properties with the same characters and they're each kind of treated differently. Um, and, and the books being the jumping off point is kind of like the most pure, uh, some people would say. Yeah, I think that's what's interesting about the show is that it kind of combines the certain aesthetics of the game with uh, the book material. Because um, what's interesting is the, the, the game actually takes place all three of the games take place after the continuity of the books. Um, so actually the author of the books doesn't even like the games. Like he's never liked them, didn't want them to be made. And like, I don't think he got enough money out of the deal. So he's not super happy about it, but he, th- he thinks it's all kind of bullshit. Like the whole plot after the books is bullshit. Well, it's, I, don't, I, I, I think that's partially true, but also the fact that when he signed the rights to the video games, he was just like, oh, this, these games aren't going to make any money. Just give me the money straight up and don't give me royalties. So right. He, just gave, he basically just gave away the rights. He's just like, yeah, just give me however much and I'm good. And yeah, because like, I don't oh. think he he didn't believe in video games as a medium. And he's like, that's stupid. Who's going to you know play these games or whatever? So, yeah, if he just asked for some like points of the total revenue, he probably would have been rich by now. Well, yeah, they, you know, in the video game section, we'll get into that. But it sold like over 30 million copies. But he, he has said, you know, that like you can't mix media like a video game cannot be a sequel to a book. You know, a book has to be a sequel to a book and you know, a film can't be a sequel to a book either. Like that's kind of his belief. I don't really necessarily agree with. No, we've seen that change a bunch. I mean, fight club was a book and then a movie and then there's a comic book sequel to the movie, but not the book. Like you've really (laughs) seen the arts all mix as uh, you know, they've all grown. Right. And that's the thing when you see Geralt in the show, 
Henry Cavill, he's playing it as if some as if he played the game. So it's it's he's doing Geralt from the games, but it's the plot well, it of makes the books. Sense, Jacob, I'm controlling him at home with my mind, making him do the things on the show right. like he's a video game avatar. <laughs> yes, right. get in the tub. Yeah. So that's yes, the thing with a role playing game is you're not really playing the role. He's an established character with established traits. So I guess like Eric in the book, right? If we're looking at that, like how is Geralt predicted or you know portrayed in the books? Like and it's you know, Geralt, not Geralt. Let's put that out there right now, Eric. Right? Yes, it, it is Geralt. Geralt. Uh, yeah, he kind of in the books. He's he's more of just the impartial like guy. Like he just goes from town. I mean, it's pretty accurate, I'd say, to the uh, show. Of Like, he really will just go to town and be like, what can I do for money? Oh, kill that thing? Sure, yeah, that's fine. Like, that's kind of his whole personality and, like, uh, kind of what, like, a trait of witches as a whole is that they... Uh, like, witches will just not, like, have emotions to stuff. Right. Yeah, then that's kind of explained too. What seems interesting about Witchers and specifically Geralt is, you know, if it's an intelligent monster, he doesn't seem to necessarily want to just kill it. Like, you know, it's always the lesser of two evils. He'll choose neither. It's like he almost feels like he has more in common with these monsters that the ignorant townspeople are trying to kill. We keep saying, though, the uh, witcher is a term. And I just want to know, Jacob, will you clarify here? What is physically a witcher? Because we keep saying monster hunter, but there's a little more to it. Well, yeah, witcher is, is his job description. But basically, kids uh, who like get abandoned like by their parents when they're young or they like, get sold to the, the witchers, basically they have to go through this trial, which is called the trial of the grasses, which only like 30% of kids survive. And then if you survive that, you, you get mutations in your body to make you stronger. And like, you get like super eyesight and stuff. Geralt and then you become Spider-Man, a Spider-Man, he's a mutant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Geralt is actually more mutated than most of them, which is why he has white hair, I think. Um, but yeah, well, actually one thing that I, I thought was interesting about all three, like the major theme of all three, the book and the show and everything, is that Geralt is kind of just thrust into these situations. There's all these politics going on with different kings and different countries. And Geralt's whole thing is that he never wants to get involved. He doesn't want to pick sides. He doesn't want to choose. But because of destiny and because of these other things, like he's always being forced to choose, even though he just wants to stay out of it all and just do his job. And like that aspect of the story is really interesting to me. Yeah, I'll, Cobb was, uh, was pretty, barely accurate on that. Uh, I'll just add a little bit more to it. Like he wasn't necessarily, like Geralt was kind of given extra tests and extra, um, mutations right like basically when they're kids like they're giving they're they are going through all these trials and processes and like they're basically science and magically altered kind of i think more like captain america is a better example than uh not wolverine yeah <laughs> where basically right. they just gave up they just give him a bunch of all these drugs and all that stuff and their bodies are better and He's Geralt, a super soldier yeah and that's why and then and, they take these potions which gives them even different things and then normal people if they were dr to drink those potions they would like oh, die he's probably. Bane he's all comic book properties I love <laughs> thank you guys all I'm together. very into Geralt and the potion the potion making and stuff that's also in the books then that component yeah and that's what the no, show does a good job the making no not the, the making but like when he takes it in the show um, it's like 
basically there's like a certain toxicity of potions. So like if a normal human were to drink it, it would, it would kill them probably. Okay. Yeah. So the trial of the grasses, is that um, something that witches go through as well? Is that kind of what we're seeing here? Yennefer? That, yeah. no. <laughs> yes, the trial of the grasses. That's different. Are they, so are, do those exist in the book as well, or are they just kind of adapting his story no, for the, her? I mean, we can go into it more when we talk on the show, but witchers are like a, their own completely different Thing. Yeah. Like they're basically ostracized by everyone, like magicians, normal people, monsters, yeah. like just everyone hates them because can they use chaos though? Can they use magic? Well, they can properties? use small amount of magic. Uh, that's like the signs in the game. So he has like Ard, which like he can like do that little force push. He can do like a little fire. You can do like a shield, but he can't do like the major magic that sorcerers do. Yeah. Like it, it's kind of, they've learned like, incorrect ways to use magic is probably the best okay. way to describe it as opposed to what the mages would go through and it's my understanding that kind of yennefer's arc in the show which we'll get there but that's not really in the book we kind of meet her after she's gone through all of that or it's yeah just kind of mentioned in past that's her backstory but it's not shown to the extent like yennefer as a character is shown way more in the show than she even is in the books um so like siri becomes almost like a main character, but Yennefer is never really shown to the same, to like focused on as much as she is in the show. But that's like near the end of the book run when Siri and Yennefer and Geralt kind of, am I, am I wrong on that or no, yeah, that's kind Siri, of, yeah, go well, ahead. Siri doesn't show up until like the end of, um, the second of the short story books. Okay. Yennefer yeah. only shows up at, in like, um, the, the genie, like the last wish uh, story, with basically the uh, genie episode, mm-hmm. is like that's yeah. that's like Yennefer's first introduction to like the whole series, and then basically like, she'll show up like once or twice after that. Yeah, like mm-hmm. in the novels, it goes into more about Siri being you know the blood of elves and being the lion cub of Sintra and all that stuff. So, and then she becomes like adopt Geralt's adopted daughter, obviously. But the the short stories are mainly more focused on Geralt just doing his day to day job. And one Mm. of those being the genie you guys just mentioned, the last wish. That is the titular last wish, that genie. That's right. Yes. That's right. It's a gin. Oh, how (laughs) dare you, Mike? I believe it was Robin Williams. I believe Robin Williams popped out of that bottle. I know we couldn't see him. You never had a friend like me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, hell no. Will Smith genie up in this. Uh, Um, Don't do the black voice, Robin Williams, Mike. (laughs) Oh, no, you didn't. <laughs> yeah, oh, and then, like, um, uh... <laughs> yeah, get us back on track. But, like, yeah, like, so Geralt doing the, you know, that law of surprise and everything, that's all in the books, but okay, um, okay. that okay. kind of happens later stop. in the short stories. I yeah. demand you to stop right now, book boys, and explain to me, both of you, the law of surprise. What would, when would it well, ever be advantageous for me to say... You did me a favor. I'll give you my child in the future. If that it's is not what necessarily a, a child, that's the thing. It's like basically the law of surprise is like you don't have anything to give me now, but you owe me something in the future. But we won't know what it is until it's but the I'm future. A queen. That's why it's a surprise. I obviously have something to give you. <laughs> why would I make some sort of weird deal promise, Eric? It's it's kind of meant more of one of those like, oh, you saved my life. Like I like in a ways that I could never re- truly repay you. Let me give you something that like. Hold is on, just... are you chewy life debt in me right now? <laughs> I think yeah. so. It's kind of like a life debt. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of something like that. But instead of actually doing that, I'd be like, I'll give you something that, like, I have no idea what it is. You'll so if I, like, lumpy? won the lottery one day, homie could show up and be like, hey. Uh, yeah, exactly. Law of surprise, <laughs> that's mine now. Exactly. Oh, I hate the law of surprise. It's, well, it's, it's more of, like, oh, you just saved my life. Like, I just saved your life or something like that. Give me something that when you, as soon as you get home, the first thing that comes to you that you have no idea what it is. Okay. So, yeah, so it could be a child. Say, it could like, be yeah, some crops. Be a child. Yeah, it could be crops. It could be a dog. It could be, like, anything. Like, let's say... Um, someone's just like, hey, I just got a new wheelbarrow. It's just like, ah, oh, crap. Well, long surprise. <laughs> surprise. Oh, like, it's, it's, it's kind yeah, of, it's, 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 is that elaborated in the books? That, like, there's instances where somebody gets, like, yeah, like a wheelbarrow, for example? More so, more of just, like, the, I mean, I'm pretty sure in the books, they've always only ever been, like, a child, because it's only ever been brought up, like, two, maybe three times. It's always around the main yeah. characters. Yeah, so. it's always around the main characters. But it's like it's alluded to like, oh yeah, I know, Law of Surprise, like, you could also get this. But the mm. Law of Surprise is really wrapped up in Destiny, which seems to be the overwhelming theme of The Witcher. And do, what is, can I ask you guys, do you know what the last wish is? Is that part of the books? Do people know what yeah. you wished for? Well, it's, it's kind of explained in the show too, but yeah, basically... He talks about it. Yeah, he wit he well it's not it's uh, unspoken it's in the books, but it's assumed that he right? yeah, I think it's you're supposed to it's assume just, that he wished to be with Yennefer and then she, when she finds out then she's like, "Oh, so I'm not really in love with you. It's all because of the the wish." And and yeah. so that's why she like, leaves the show. tried to warn a lad. <laughs> but you can't, oh, wish, you can't wish for love. Yeah, but it's it's never really <laughs> implied what the actual wish is. So we don't like we don't actually know what he wished for. We're just right. speculating, but it seems like it's heavily implied. Yeah. Um, the other thing about this kind of uh, destiny and the law of surprise is like, you know, Geralt's like unwillingness to choose sides, right? Exactly. It's like, yeah, whatever, law of surprise. Like, he just kind of does it like, yeah, what's this going to turn into? Nothing important. But then destiny finds a way of pulling him back yeah. into these situations. He's right, like, exactly. Yeah. Or a, wheel yeah, bed, a wheelbarrow of destiny. Because yeah. it, it works well as a device to give him. Now he has this adopted daughter that he didn't even want. And like Logan. Yeah. So it kind of like, yeah, his whole character is that he just wants to stay out of it. He just wants to kill monsters and get money. And then all these kings and queens keep trying to like get him to join their cause and stuff. And he just wants to stay out of it all. But he can't because everything's going on around him. So kind of like the, you know, post communist Poland. Yeah, exactly. In the eighties. Yeah, with the different, uh, you know, the different former Soviet Union countries is a lot like the different nations in uh, the Witcherland. And what's interesting, I mean, the show it's a little more black and white with Nilfgaard, but the whole, the all the different countries and stuff, they all are kind of corrupt in their own ways. Like the Northern Kingdom, like Redania, they're like burning witches and they're like killing all, you know, non-humans and stuff. And there's like different religions and stuff. So like Nilfgaard isn't necessarily supposed to be the big bad. They're just another country is doing different, def- different bad things, but there's other countries that are also doing bad things. Can we talk about some of the non-human aspect of it for a second? Uh, so I read a post on Reddit that was like, here's your, like you're tossed into the world of the Witcher. So it seems like on this unnamed continent, you know, centuries ago, whatever, blah, 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 billions of years ago in a faraway galaxy, uh, dimensional holes opened up that brought all the races together. So there are, elves dwarves things like that that's right well the elves and the dwarves were originally on the on the the planet first and then the conjunction of the spheres happened which brought the humans to the planet 
as well as like other monsters and stuff. And then the humans, because they're like resourceful and like breed faster than elves and stuff, they kind of took over everything and pushed the elves in the doors to the margins of society. Even though they were those blankets with smallpox on them. No, I know. (laughs) Christopher Columbus. Yeah, something to add to that. Uh, Yeah, yeah. I mean, basically, what Jake said was pretty much what I was going to say. But also, it was kind of like um, they basically just hunger gamed. Every, like all these different races and stuff. They're like, we're just going to throw you all into this one place, have fun. Uh, yeah. Like the portals kind of yeah. did that. That's wild. Yeah. Okay. So, like, there are, there are like other worlds where, like, there are still elves on other worlds, and, like, these monsters are still, like, have their own home worlds or stuff like that. But it's basically they just kind of threw, like, random selections. Right. That's, that's kind of like the planes in D&D. And, like, you know, like, the Feywild is, like, an alternate dimension where elves live still, but then there's also, like, the main uh, continent. Yeah. So, I kind of get understand It's kind of similar to Middle-earth, too, where, like, the, the elves are, and the dwarves are, like, these ancient races, and then uh, humans yeah, kind of yeah. came along later and kind of ruined everything. Kind of the same idea. Like, in the show, they kind of explain, too, that the elves are the first magic users, and they kind of control chaos, but then humans kind of took that for themselves, too, and with the sorcerers and everything. But then where do monsters come into it? It's just as a, they're just the natural, you know, animals of this, this place. Well, no, yeah. it's, 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 they were also taken over. Like it wasn't just like humans that were brought over to like this realm. It was like, no, like, yeah, all different monsters and werewolves and all that stuff. Yeah. So we're just, everybody got uh, thrown yes. in the melting pot. Ah. I need a good literary world. Quick. Open the portals. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit. Fights. Close them. They were too long. The MacGuffin right. portals. Um, <laughs> That's right. That's the Rise of Skywalker method. Um, I, I also think like kind of the shades of gray that Jacob was alluding to with the nations in the books of them just kind of all being slightly fucked up. No one's pure evil. That's kind of leads to where people compare this in some ways to Game of Thrones, where every nation kind of has flaws and no one's like a pure hero. Yeah. Or, you know. And that's actually one of my biggest complaints about the show, which we can talk about when we get there. But um, in the show, obviously, the Nilfgaard is portrayed as like this super evil country that's just killing everybody and taking no prisoners. And like, but actually like, so in the books and in the, in the game, it's even kind of developed more of the different political alliances and stuff. But basically Nilfgaard is a big country in the South and there's a bunch of Northern kingdoms uh, in the North. And they're worried about Nilfgaard obviously taking everything over, but Nilfgaard actually living in Nilfgaard, they're actually more like, advanced society and like a more humane society to their citizens. Uh, but they're, they're basically just an empire who wants to conquer everything. Um, and then, so then you have the Northern countries who have some like superstitious Kings who are like trying to kill all magical creatures and stuff. So it's not really saying that like Nilfgaard is worse than other countries, but that's kind of how the show portrays it. So I'm not hey, a big fan of universal that. Universal healthcare. I'm there, man. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, Yeah. You could probably allude it to, like, because, I mean, the books came out in, like, the 90s, so it was probably, um, Nilfgaard is, his, is the author's equivalent up to, like, Soviet Union. Yeah, because, I mean, like, they want everyone, they're kind of like the Borg, they want everyone to, um, integrate into their society, and they want everything to be the way that, that they are, so it's a lot like the Soviet Union or the Borg or who else, whoever else you want to compare them to, like, it's all about, they want to, what's the word that the Borg use? They want to assimilate. Um, assimilate. Assimilate, yeah. So they're trying to assimilate all these northern kingdoms who are trying to stay independent. But the northern kingdoms, they have their own fucked up things where they're like, you know, burning burning sorcerers at the stake and stuff because it's, you know, heresy and stuff. So which side is really better? As long as it's not treason, then they'll be okay. Yeah. And even like Sintra, 
you know, who's portrayed in the in the show, the Queen of Sintra, as like this badass queen, but also she has faults too, obviously. Um, so again, you know, Geralt wants to stay out of all this political bickering and wars and stuff, but he can't because he Destiny keeps pulling him back in. All right. Well, then I have a question. Then, so what does the book do better? than the other two things? Because we're, we're kind of looking at the strengths of this. You know, Eric, what do you think is the, the biggest strength of the book? Of the book compared to the games and TV show? Or yeah, like what's it doing differently or what's it doing in an interesting way that we don't get to experience in those other two mediums? Well, I mean, there's always the whole, usually the written form is usually is where you get the most context out of, like the more in-depth details on the, some of the story. Uh, I mean, that's easily easiest compared to against the show. Because the show you're limited to like an hour an episode you got to cut mm-hmm. some stuff you can't have the internal monologue stuff so i mean there's that uh and then just because the games themselves take place after what everything that's been written it's kind of alluded to like it's canon it might not be canon mm. so it's kind of a different way and also with the video games like you have different choices as opposed to following this story and really, like, with the books, like, after the first two books, like, it becomes, like, a story of Geralt and, like, Ciri and, like, their destiny together and, like, the good stuff, the bad stuff, having fun with, like, a vampire friend. Like, there's Is a bunch Geralt of really the stuff. only POV character in the books or do you jump around between the girls as well? In the first two books, it's all Geralt. The short story stuff is all I think Geralt. I like that a lot more. Yeah. Yeah, that was easily my biggest issue kind of with the show. Um, but later on, like, cause there is a time where like Geralt is doing stuff separately from Siri. So like you get some POV from Siri, get some stuff from Geralt. There might be a little bit Yennefer stuff, but like, that's it. Like it's, ba- it's predominantly just Geralt's story. Yeah. And mm. so basically Siri becomes kind of a second main character later in the books. Um, and then also in the game, obviously in the Witcher three, you're, searching for Siri the whole time as Geralt and she's kind of one step ahead of you. She's in a different place. So everywhere you're going, you're like trying to figure out where she's going next. And then sometimes it cuts to her perspective and you play as her for a bit and you see what she did in the last location. Um, and then in the show, obviously it focuses on Yennefer and Siri way more. Um, and there's the whole time traveling aspect of it where it's like cutting between different time periods just so they can show Siri and Yennefer more and show their backstory. And I think given the nature of kind of the aging of witchers and mages, if you want to introduce three characters, and like we said, when we get to the shows, we'll get there. It's the only way to do it because the book is only touching on it briefly. Yeah. Well, that and also like Geralt is probably 100 years old or something like that by the time he meets Siri. But like, yeah. Because mm-hmm. like, I mean... Him and Yennefer are both like hundred, hundreds of years old. Like Yennefer is like hundreds of years old and then Geralt's like a hundred and something. Um, that's why. Yeah. So like Yennefer's backstory takes place like centuries before series even born, but it's kind of hard to, and we're just focused on Geralt in the books. So yeah. like we just don't really get to see that fleshed out the way we, we yeah. I guess and my Yennefer, most Yennefer, important Yennefer question. Stuff is a whole, oh. um, yeah, go yeah, for it. Do, do they say fucking stuff in the books? Like that's what I really want. Well, it's translated from Polish. Um, so Piechka. I don't, <laughs> not that I can remember, but I mean, it could be lost in translation. So that's just something so that the like games the, decided to add where it's like, no, everyone's going to swear like a sailor in this movie, in this series. It's, it's implied. 
Okay. I, I don't. I can't remember because it's been a, it's been a few years since I've actually read the books, but I'm pretty sure like it's he either says it or it's very implied that that's his like his general feeling about some events. Yeah, okay. I can't remember either. I think it's similar to Game of Thrones. You know, Joe, would you ever fracking. read this book series as a guy who's? We'll talk about fantasy genre here in a minute, but you're maybe not as big as a fan. I mean, number one, Dragon I fan. love the idea of <laughs> short stories from the perspective of a monster killer on the job. It's supernatural. Yeah, it's uh, that seems like something very appealing to me. I think I would love to see like comic book adaptations brother, of that. Um, yeah, but he's he's got an adaptive daughter, so I'll take that. Like that works too. Um, Sammy. So yeah, I mean, like I think the short stories are definitely Siri. something I could get into. Damn it, Sam. Yeah, that really appeals to well, me. That's good, then, because that's like what most of the first season of the show is about. Aside from the series stuff, like when it's focusing on Geralt just going about his day, you know, fighting the Striga, fighting, you know, different things. That's Renfrey, Striga. it's another uh, sh- short story from the um, the girl that's born under the bad sign and stuff. And do they talk oh. more about, like, the lore of the monsters in the book? Like, when you meet a Striga, is there, like, a breakdown of. Where they come from, what hurts them, yeah, what they're doing. Yeah, the little girls on Wednesdays. Probably, probably not to the extent you're thinking of. Like, they will give a little bit more detail into that stuff, but not like, oh, this is a Striga, it's a this and this, it's attack okay. power is this, it will right. do this. And, like, it's, so you're it's not, not getting, get like, the case like, file. But to describe, yeah. like, where it comes from, like, you know, it's the, you know, because she was the daughter of incest and blah, blah, blah. But, Joe, I think really you would not get into the books so much, but I think you have a better chance of getting into the games or the show, obviously. So you could just watch the show and play the games. And I think he'll get enjoyment out of that. Yeah, no, I'm excited to talk about that stuff. Cause I do, uh, I do have some feelings about both the games and the shows. Well, before we get in there, then I think kind of for the end of the books here, I think we've done a good job of kind of breaking down what the tone is and what the advantages are. Uh, starting with Eric and then to Jacob, what do you think is like, what's one of your favorite short stories, like your favorite excerpt or, you know, segment of those books? Um, for the stories themselves, like I feel like most of the episodes, the ones that they actually included in the episodes are basically the highlight ones. There were a couple mm. more short stories that were like just kind of more isolated incidents or just Geralt Hank, like just visiting a random haunted mansion or some stuff like that. But like, yeah, I think for the most part, like, the key points, they really covered up with the show. So, like, the Striga one was really good. Last Wish is really good. The, um... The Gold Dragon. Yeah, the Gold Dragon. That one's in the second book. That one's also really good. And the very first one with, mm. uh... Um, Renfrey? Renfrey, yeah. Like, that yeah. one is, per- like... I like that one a lot. It's... It comes across as a much better hmm. story in the book. Like, that, that, episode, that episode as a whole, I was like... They needed to give more weight to the situation for Geralt's. Like I, yeah. I didn't feel as much with that as I did in the book. I think I that one's kind of hard because it was the first episode, so they were establishing the whole world, and then they also have this whole plot with Renfrey, and then you have to you have to find out who Stregobor is and who Renfrey is and what their backstories are. It's all very a lot of information to digest it in the first episode. In a book, you have time to digest. Yeah, that, right. But I agree with Eric. I think like most of the most well-known and best stories from the first two books are, have been done in the show already. So I'm kind of worried that they're not going to have Uh-oh. a ton of material, but I mean, they're going to focus way more on the whole, um, basically the family unit of Geralt, Yennefer and Siri is going to be a big part of the show going forward. 
Well, they, they, I mean, they still have like four or five books worth of content, and that's like the real, yeah, like, Geralt and Siri doing stuff. So, I mean, like, it's that's the, the real, yeah, was a good lead into like how the rest of the story is going to go, yeah, for sure. Um, but I agree, yeah, like, um, the Witcher, like, the the Striga one, I think the chapter is just called The Witcher, and I think that's one of the most well known uh stories from the first book, and that's probably my favorite one, awesome. All right. Well, I want to thank you guys for bringing your expertise to the, the book section of this. Um, so now that we've talked what brought The Witcher into the world, maybe we should talk about what really kind of put it on the map for the average person. And that's going to be The Witcher series of video games. And I think we're going to be talking a lot about Wild Hunt uh, right after this. So toss a coin to your Witcher. We're playing the games. Normies, we're back. We're talking Witcher. I'm sitting here with my friends, Mike, Joe, Jacob, Eric, and none of you have mentioned my hunch yet. My my giant little hunch that I've got. I'm a, I'm sitting in pig shit. Um, <laughs> none of you have offered to buy me. For four schmackles or whatever, whatever it was. <laughs> four marks. marks. Isn't that right? Or three marks. That's, that's why she carves the marks into her wrist something or something. Like that. That's a show thing. Well, I don't know, Colin. Are you, uh, Colin, are you exhibiting any signs of... of- uh, magic sensitivity. Um, the weirdness. flower I keep touching keeps dying. So yes, that does make <laughs> we need sense. To get a we're, we're not talking that yet, guys. We're back. We're talking the video games. Um, we're going to be talking a little bit about CD Projekt Red. We've mentioned them in the past. I think go back and listen to our Bethesda episode where Jacob might have talked more about Witcher 3 than he talked about that one. So check that out. I Norman. think it's that's possible. how it went. <laughs> But yeah, so let's look at CD Projekt Red. They've done three of these games, but it kind of was a slow build up to what became like the universally acclaimed Witcher 3, right? Yeah, so uh, the first two games are, I think it's safe to say they did not age well. Mm. And they're very easy to just, you could skip over them without really having much issue. Like basically the premise of the first two games is Geralt loses his memory. Oh, because they're after so kind of, it, the book. Yeah, they're after the after books. The books. Oh, so yeah. they need to reintroduce like, the well, player. We need something new. You gotta make so he just has amnesia. Up. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just like, he has amnesia. He doesn't know any of these people. Oh, who's this person? Yennefer? That's a cool Does name. Does she remember him? Or are there people like, I've never met you before, Yeah, 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 yeah no, all this remembers like, him. It's me, Triss Merigold. <laughs> oh, yeah, what? Exactly. Which actually, Triss kind of takes advantage of him in the games, which is something we can talk about. Like him losing his memory. Oh. Because, like, Yennefer is, like, his, like, main love interest in the books. But then he loses his memory and Triss is like, oh, yeah, we're, like, we're kind of in a relationship. And he's like, oh, we are? And then they kind of... Oh, no. <laughs> so, it's a little, it little questionable. Fucking Flintstones him. That's insane. Um, <laughs> so, the first two you say are kind of... They, don't, they didn't age well. What, what doesn't age about them in particular? Is it gameplay? Is it, they're not open world, right, either? Um, That's right. It, yeah, it's, it's kind of just... Like, there were CG, CD Projekt Red's, like, first games, really. Like, they didn't... They were still kind of figuring out what they were doing. And it's just kind of low-budget games that they just weren't really just getting much access out of. So, like, when you look back at them, it's like, no, nah, that, yeah, that game's... You can kind of pass. Like, you can get it... You can yeah. look at the synopsis and you're good. Okay. Definitely um, lower budget. Like, the graphics don't age very well. Um, I mean, if you compare, like, Witcher 1 and one and two, which came out around the time of Skyrim. And like, they don't even look as good as Skyrim. 
uh, Witcher 2 might look better than Skyrim. But um, yeah, some of the mechanics are like just janky and like took him a little time to figure it out, but I think they kind of perfected it in the third one. Okay, so we're looking at The Witcher, uh, also Rise of the White Wolf, known as 2007, 2011, we get Assassin of Kings. Right. And then right. 2015, finally, the Wild Hunt drops, and that's that's the big bad one. But interestingly enough, choices that you made in Witcher 2 would carry over to Witcher 3. But Colin, I want to get your Ooh, thoughts. That's right. I, I was just going to ask, White Wolf, That's the. it's not only a nickname for Geralt, that's the school of the Witcher that he studied under? He's the school uh, of the wolf, the, and he has white yeah, hair. He's the school of the wolf, yeah. It's oh, also interesting. He, had, he has that little medallion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's so not just different the Witcher sign schools. Of a Witcher. Like there's the okay, that's the sign. Of yeah, his there's different Hogwarts. subdivisions. There's like, I understand. No, no, I get there's it. There's the school of the cat. Yeah, well, they have different fighting more. styles and different um, he's ways he's of going about doing things. Different abilities, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like a subclass. Um, the test of the grass and got put with the wolf. <laughs> mm-hmm. You that's right. the grass, and now you're a wolf. But what's interesting about boy? Sorry, but the Witcher three. I mean you can pick that up and play that and not have played the first two. And like, you might be con- a little confused at first with all the different names and stuff. And they do ask you some questions at the beginning of the game where they're like, who, who did you go with this guy or this guy in the last game? And then you can kind of just pick them. Like, it doesn't really matter. Like it's not going to affect too much of your understanding. And then you just kind of go into the game and you don't need to know a ton of stuff. Like th- I think the third game kind of does a good enough job explaining everything. If you've never played it before. That answers the question that I universally have on this podcast, Jacob. What is niche? What is normie? What makes something normie? Witcher. So you have it having yeah. its highest population of gameplay post the series coming out. Obviously, that means it's extremely popular. But then to be normie, it has to be accessible. But the fact that you can just play this game without having any of the other multimedia stuff, that, well, that is. Or the books. Yeah, I would say the vast majority of people who got into the game started with the third one, unless you're like a huge... Uh, gamer who just played everything and played the first two back when they came out but i think most people got into the third one first so you can there is a jumping off point for the story and everything there and again eric is that your experience you started with the third one correct yeah yeah that's how i first even found out about the franchise because i mean to us it's it's a polish like novel series so like for most people most americans at least they're like i've never heard of this like give me lord of the rings give me uh, game of thrones and I think they got translated like, late, really too. Yeah, they basically, they were all written in the 90s, and they didn't get translated until the first, The Last Wish got translated in, I believe, 2007 to English, and then all the other books got translated after that. So you couldn't even read these books in English until recently. So the first game comes out in 07, and nobody had even been able to read the books in the Western world. So unless exactly. you're a Polish gamer, you did not know what this property was. So, And I think with the third one, too... Um, it starts out, he's gotten his memory mostly back now. So he's kind of over the whole amnesia thing at the beginning. And it's kind of, it deals a lot more with Yennefer and Siri as well. Like obviously Siri is a huge part of the game. Um, and he's kind of remembering things more and he's just, he, it, I think it's just a better overall plot than what I've, what I know about the first two games as well. Yeah. Well, the first two games, they don't even have like Siri in it at all. Like they just right. skip over her story. Also. Yeah. So like they don't even have like that main story, which like at least going back to the books, like they fully lead into that story. Yeah, and exactly. Just, and there's just like here's two games that is just like completely out of place. Geralt has no idea what's going on. The main other like the second main character isn't even in these. Yeah. 
And Eric, Siri is not, as we view her in the series, a uh, little girl. She is a smoking hot chick with uh, one slash over her eye, white hair. I did text Jacob. I thought she was a female avatar version <laughs> of Geralt. Um, a gender bank you, cosplay? I, I, well, well, you know, Mike, you can do femshep in, in uh, right. Mass Effect. That's I true. thought it was some sort of yes. version of that. She, but she Eric, is, I mean, can you mess around with her? That's what I'm getting to here. I don't think so. No, I mean, you're, her, Geralt. That's you're her father, basically. Yeah, that's like her little daughter. Yeah, but does she get in the tub? Oh, okay, yeah, but, you know, does she ride the unicorn, wing wing? No, you can mess around with Yennefer and Triss, and but that's like, it. That's and like Kira later, Metz, right? But, like, she, she's older by the end yeah, of the story. Yeah, so the show is is taking place at the beginning of how the books are taking place. So Siri is a young girl. Um, the books, the game is taking place after all the books. So she's grown up. She's tra- like you see in flashbacks in the game too. She's training to be a witcher with Geralt. Um, and then she's older. She's probably like in her uh, early twenties and she's, hair. um, uh, yeah, I think she just has blonde hair. Uh, I, yeah, I think they, her hair is whitish blondish. It's just like her actual family trait. Like, uh, yeah, like not every like, witcher, gets white hair like Geralt. He's like the only one, actually. Because they gave him extra juice. Yeah. 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 Geralt basically got extra juice. Um, <laughs> Siri also never really became an actual witcher. Like, she's gone through... Caramoran. And... I mean, yeah, we can... I mean, you'll... In this next season is when that all this stuff will happen. Because that's yeah. what happened in, like, the next book. But basically, she gets training to become a witcher. And then at some point, she goes off to do other things because she's magical and right. a lot of other reasons. She's got this whole destiny thing following her. She's the lion cub yeah. of Syndra. She's half elvish. She's got the blood of elves, blah, okay. blah, blah. And Jacob, when I looked her up on the Witcherpedia, which is hilarious. Thank you people for putting <laughs> that together. I was hoping they called it that. Uh, it also listed her as <laughs> it also listed her as the mistress of space and time. So, so what exactly yeah, because, does that mean? <laughs> wow. So that's her special power with the, with the elven blood. She can Tran- she can transport through space and time basically mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> which in the game is cool because you can do like a little devil may cry little dash where it's you just kind in of- the game oh you can teleport <laughs> that's awesome yeah yeah when you play as yeah. her so so witcher 3 is is called the wild hunt as you said it kind of starts out caramore and i think it's a flashback but you're you're training siri and then um you know, she disappears. So the wild hunt is essentially trying to track her down with a couple segments of jumping to her perspective and playing missions as her. Is that correct? That's right. Basically you're going through different continent or different countries looking for her following the clues. And every time you get there, there it's like, Oh, she just left to go to this other place. So then you go to that other place and they're like, Oh, she just left. But basically she's running from the wild hunt. So she has to keep moving and Geralt's trying to find her to protect her from the wild hunt. And, and uh, the Wild Hunt as a whole, um, for those of you unaware, yeah. are basically, they are, it's like a group of people from a different world altogether, like, kind of going back, like, they're, a, I mean, they're a group of elves that they kind of believe that um, this power that Siri has is, like, super magical, like, we can take over the, the universe with this unlimited power. All that fun nice, stuff. Nice, unlimited power. And, yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. I'm a fan and of that. So, and so they're basically trying to track her down and so find her and do that stuff. And the Wild Hunt has like just, they've also just kind of been throughout history, just been like, oh, we're going to scare some people by just like killing random villages or stuff like that. And then just teleporting back to our own world. Wow. Right. 
which is which goes back into the show too because basically the whole show is everyone is trying to find Siri for herself for themselves because she's like the most powerful being in the world she's apparently the so of space and time yeah. yeah so everyone wants yeah. wants Siri for them for their own goals basically that's why Nilfgaard's trying to get her blah 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 gotcha and part of the part of the reason why Nilfgaard's trying to get her but yes so and yeah it takes place in an open world. It's been praised for like the depth of its side quests where like the side quests are deeper than some games main quests. And I want to note the map itself is 20% bigger than Skyrim's map. So, uh, and this was made on CJ projects, CD projects, reds own engine. I didn't know that. And it's the same engine they're using for cyberpunk 2077. So between the first two games, they managed to design an engine to make a game larger than Skyrim and then carry it over into cyberpunk. So, and it's a better engine than the one that Bethesda has been using for like 15 yes. years. So, <laughs> so, so uh, speaking of that and the kind of the scope of the world, right? What, what are some of these like, you know, side quests that stand out? Eric, I want to start with you um, and things uh, like that. I'd say the first side quest that really stands out to like most people would be uh, the Bloody Baron episode um, arc. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was basically. Say. Yeah, like it, it's kind of. I'd say it kind of draws a little bit to that Striga episode where like um, there's like this haunted child beast thing. Um, and like the backstory itself as to how it happened is very different, but just you, you come across this Baron who's just like just tormented by some of the stuff that he ha- did a long time ago and like how his family left him. And now there's this weird monster now and it's just easily the best, like, arc for like just a side quest that you come across okay and it's also just it's also one of the first ones that you come across in the game it gets hooked so yeah so yeah so that's what really hooks most people which is probably what you didn't get to no i did not (laughs) joe how far did you get you said you had some experience with this i want to make sure i get your your points here yeah so after a year and a half of (laughs) these two guys saying oh you got to play this game you got to play this game i built a pc uh, there was a Steam sale. It was my first Steam sale, so I bought the game. Even got, like, the Game of the Year edition, so I had all of the DLC. I was like, this is great. So when I get through the regular game, I'll have more to play. Mm-hmm. Um, I booted it up. It was, like, 10 in the morning. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to play, like, the intro. Did I'll the training. <laughs> yeah. Um, did the first town. Fought a griffin. Thought, like, maybe an hour had passed. It was 10 p.m. Um, wow. It is, like, the ultimate time suck game. Like, I got to the point where you get to the castle and you learn the main plot. And, like, you get your first, like, okay, do you want to go to this town or this town? And I was like, oh, that was fun. Oh, my God, my whole day is gone. (laughs) 12 Um, hours, your first session. Yeah. Yeah. Joe, the the Um, crazy thing is, Joe, what you're describing is only the first little tutorial area, basically. Yeah. Like, that's not even the main part of the game. (laughs) Yeah. No, so that's, that's literally like you learn the basics of the controls. You go on your first monster hunt. Yeah. Um, and then you, you go Roach? to a castle where you're going to learn the, the missile. Oh, yeah, you ride Roach. I rode, I rode Roach all over. And like it's. Yeah, uh, that whole so uh, Whitechapel, I believe it's called. wherever you want, though, right? And yeah. after that part. Yeah. yeah. Wow. When it's but like. Have you played Gwent. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because Geralt is a big fan of Gwent. I'm kind of upset that they haven't brought that up in the show yet. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I played it's some not in the Gwent. books. No, it's not at all. Okay, okay. I needed no. to know. It's literally <laughs> Which just is kind of like a... that game, but it is just the funniest thing. It's just like, oh my god, I have 
this horrible thing. I have to find Siri. Like the end of the world's coming. Would you like to play a game of Gwent? Yeah, exactly. The end is nigh, but you got your magic cards, bro. Yeah. yeah and you're talking about the bloody bear and you can literally go to the bloody bear and do his whole emotional quest and everything. And then be like, wait, before I do all that, you want to play some, some Gwent? <laughs> He's like, yeah, I've got a you know special deck myself. There's a lot of it's a lot of uh, fourth wall breaking yeah. in that game because um, if you think about it, it makes no sense because like all the Gwen cards are just different characters from The Witcher. So it's like, oh. why are, is everyone playing with these like trading card decks? And like they go to a That's casino and yeah. they don't have like it's like a medieval casino, but they don't have like poker or anything. They only have this buildable deck card game like Pokemon or something. <laughs> okay. That's the only it's game that anyone what plays. What if when you went this... to Caesar's Palace, Jacob, you had to bring a personalized deck of cards <laughs> that you created that any right. card could be in there? Oh, Jacob brought all aces. I'm dropping. <laughs> no, He's got the joke. Like I'm clubs. dropping Obama against your Trump. <laughs> it's like yeah. players in the world. It's like triple right. Triad like you can get the Yennefer of Vanderberg card, and you're just like, yeah, I have that. But I it's didn't like license this card. Where's my royalty? <laughs> and a bender. So these poor peasants, after they're done working in the fields all day, they come home and they play Yu-Gi-Oh with each other. <laughs> <laughs> and this is big enough that it became a spin-off game, right? Like you could just play Gwent. Yeah, it's a standalone yeah, game that gets a little more detailed in the standalone game. I think it's a it's a fun special game. order number three. You you got a pack of cards from GameStop, I believe. Oh really? Yeah, and you can. There's also physical like card Gwent that you can play because it's it's a card game, because so you nerds. could play the. Yeah, so you can play the physical form of it too. Um, it's niche, it's pretty man. fun. I mean, there's a lot of you know a certain amount of strategy involved, and you got to build your deck and stuff. To Eric's point, though, it is funny that you know it's like, oh shit, the world's gonna end, but real quick, <laughs> let's, let's I need that special card. <laughs> yeah, Jacob, do you have any review. other special or favorite monster hunts? Oh, sorry, oh, yeah. Mike, go right ahead. Oh no, just yeah. real quick, uh, they just said. Uh, oh yeah, man, this is like the greatest card game ever because it also comes with an action game attached to it. <laughs> right, um, but go back. Yeah, to you say that, but when you play the game, it it sucks you in just playing Gwent. Like you're like, oh, I need that card. Yeah, I'm and sure. you have to go around and play the different Gwen experts in each area and like get their special cards and the build same your deck. Thing in Final Fantasy VIII with Triple Triad, man. I played way <laughs> I too much. Be I was gonna the say the very best that yeah. Gwent has ever seen. Bring it, bring it, bring it. Favorite quest, Jacob. <laughs> but yeah, um, well. You know, Eric took the one I was going to say, the Bloody Baron. Uh, mm. It's pretty well known. And the Bloody Baron is just a great character himself. What's that um, monster uh, called? The little creature. It's like a... Little abortion baby. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, it's not a it's human. Like a Striga, it's like a picture in a real Baron. I'll look it up, but yeah, go ahead. Well, the Bloody Baron is a guy. He's got a whole thing with his wife and his, his unborn daughter and stuff. That's the part of the quest. But... Um, so basically, there's three main areas that you go to. There's Velen, which is kind of the backwoods, swampy area. Then there's Novigrad, which is the big city capital that you go to. There's a lot to do in there. And then you go to Skellige, which is the island, Skellig. Um, it's kind of like a Vikingish island. Um, they're really into ships there and stuff. But uh, I think another really good quest line that's also pretty early on in the game is the, the I believe, the Witches of Crookback Bog, or the Crones of Crookback Bog, or whatever they're called. That's yeah, a really good one. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, fun to it's say. kind of like Skyrim, where there's just, you can just, like, I've been played the game like three, four times at this point, and then I'm still kind of finding some random cycle, so I'm like, oh, that's different. Yeah, there's one wow. where you have to find a, a pot for an old lady. She I, lost her pot. 
I've seen stuff where there's like like an alcoholic vampire that only attacks people who leave bars yes. late at night or a werewolf that's depressed and just wants you to kill him because wow. everything he eats tastes like ash and he, he's sick of it. That's yes. so fascinating of a twist on these monster stories. I specifically it, remember both of those that you just mentioned too. Mike, you yeah. played a bit of it. Did you get to any of the choose your own adventure parts of it? No, man. I, I I have to say I barely got out of Care Morin. Like I got into the first main Not combat. Not even the text chains. Oh, okay. No, it didn't. It didn't feel like Dark Souls. Which the creators of this were fans, and they kind of modified the combat to feel more smooth. I I will get back into it. The show kind of reinterested me, but um, I should have played it all those days. And Eric actually he lent me his copy, and I only played it for like an hour, and I was like, man, not Squandered Dark Souls. It. I think that was a just, big mistake. Just handing it back to me and just like. Dude, I'm sorry, I can't do it. Uh, it's it's. It was not... just like the most random. Thing. I was just like, okay, sure. Yeah, but I think it's a little I'm... it's a little slow to get into. I mean, there's the whole. There's a lot of controls and like wheels in the combat. You got like you can pull up your potions. Yeah, there's a can... lot of systems to learn. Yeah. Um, because you got the signs, which are like the basic magic that Geralt can do. You've got potions. You've got two blade swords. oils. You've got grenades. You've got two different swords. And so there's that whole first area, which is a little town, I believe it's called Whitechapel. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then you fight your first monster, which is the Griffin. That's kind of all a tutorial. And then by the time you go talk to uh, the Amir guy, who's like the king of Nilfgaard, um, that's when the game really starts and sets the plot into the motion with you having to find Siri and all that stuff. So there's once you get to so that part, detail. it really opens up. Like before, What's before that? You're just getting to that point, there's so many... Like everything you say, I don't know. Like it's it, you think about it before you press reply with any one of the the chains. Like I found myself reading each one and being like, okay, okay, what would this guy say? And I like I did yeah. really love that. Fuck. Well, I think <laughs> it's a really well written. Yeah. It's it's, yeah, it's really a really well written game, and all the all the decision like all the choices you can make, they all sound believably sound like that's something he would say, just different you know, connotations. So yeah, I think big, it's really well written. A big concept of kind of a rippling when you throw the rock in the pond, like you'll make a decision early on, but it won't come back around until hours later, you know? And like, so your decisions have lasting effects and consequences. It just not, might not be immediately apparent. Yeah, exactly. Can I talk my experience with the video games real quick? I yeah. didn't play number three. Uh, it's on sale. All the DLCs on sale. Again, more people are playing it than ever because of the show. Like Mike, I will probably be jumping back on that train. Um, I did play number two. It was the downloadable like games with gold for Xbox Live back when I was playing with my 360 back in the day. Did not like it. Um, the Fair biggest. Enough. Yeah, I mean, it just sucks. It's. Yeah. Oh, I'll reference this, Eric. It's very much like uh, I had a Dreamcast game that was an adaptation of a fantasy series, Dragon Riders of Pern by Anne McCarthy. Do you guys uh, remember that series? Mm. It was like yeah, a sure. weird POV, you know, sword slasher too. It fucking sucked. It was a lot like <laughs> that game. Sure. Um, but I also rocked out. I, I'm a Monster Hunter guy. So Monster Hunter World has awesome DLC. Geralt of Rivia DLC where it crosses crosses over with Witcher 3 and you guys just answered a big question I have in the beginning he talks about how he came through a portal to get here so now I get it (laughs) yeah and there's a running joke where Geralt hates going through portals but like he's always hanging out with sorceresses and they're always like making go through portals and he's like oh not again (laughs) so something you fight in that DLC that I loved the big monster is a Leshen 
So is that Lashings like the big awesome. monster of number three? And those don't that'll never show up on the show. That's not from the books either. Uh, oh, it's, it's it should it's from the books. I think it's it, yeah. It's it's I think it probably shows up like maybe once in the books. Like it's like in the books, it's not like it's just a monster. Like they mention it, and like in the games, even it's like oh, like it's I think the only time you really fight a Leshen would be like as a oh this random village is being attacked by a monster. Got to find out what it is. Oh, it's a Leshen. Let's kill it. Oh shit! Yeah, it's just another like monster of the week, but I think it, it just has a really cool design. It's like a living oh, tree cool. thing. Yeah. I don't think we should rule out seeing something in the show just because it's from the uh, games and not the books. Like, I'm kind of expecting to see some stuff. Especially yeah, Henry Cavill. We haven't mentioned it all. Show. He fucking loves these video games, Joe. Imagine oh, sure, Super yeah. Jacked in his Superman outfits, Mike, though, peering through like the book and playing the game. And he's like, oh, yeah, this is great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that first scene where he's fighting that giant spider thing and he... He comes up out of the water. He's got the black eyes from taking so much of the potions. That's all like feels straight out of the games. Cause like you actually oh, yeah. do get like the physical, like if you take too much, you get too much toxicity from the potions, your skin gets all weird looking and your eyes get black and stuff. So it's pretty cool. Galarian, you know, uh, had a, a mechanic like that where if you took too much of the buff medicine, it would like cause your brain to fry and fuck your character up. So yeah, like that. Joe, you're saying, yeah, and you know, in terms of why we're covering it on Normies Like Us, this game is 2015 and is being ported to the Nintendo Switch this year. So it's like, you know, obviously yeah. it's 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 getting up there with Skyrim in the amount that's the, of that's the version re-releases and ports. It's purest form. <laughs> Only ten well, more what, releases uh, to go to catch Skyrim. <laughs> yeah, friend of the show X Kaido was uh, telling me he's going to buy it on Switch, so he's there getting into it now. I was thinking uh, about it. I have it on my PC. I might just be like, oh, no, but I can the play the processing on the couch. power. You shouldn't do it on the Switch. Yeah. Well, you if it works, it works. Yeah, and I, I'm I would have to play. Say, um, I would definitely say get the game of the year version. Like the DLC yeah. is worth it by itself. Which maybe well, that is what I have right now. Yeah, we should probably transition over to that because the DLCs have been extremely praised too. Like, like it's some of the yeah. best content in the game, even. So there's Hearts yeah. of Stone and Blood and Wine. Blood and Wine actually opens up a whole new uh, like area that you've never even been to. So it opens up like a whole quarter of the whole main game, basically. Oh wow! So like you're yeah you're paying for like a whole like they do the CG product red really knows how to do DLCs. Like you're you're getting Damn. value for what you buy. And like Hearts of Stone adds a whole storyline that's like maybe eight hours or something, and then Blood and Wine is like a whole other twenty to thirty fuck. hours. Yeah, like Maybe. I, I've probably put in close to like eighty hours or so just on the DLC. Wow. The two. Yeah. Like, I mean, most of that being uh, blood and wine. Like, Heart Heart and Stone is is more of the story itself is phenomenal. Yeah. It's a little short gameplay, but it's it's a really good story. Blood and wine is just kind of everything as a whole. Yeah. Okay. So blood and wine is cool because basically you're kind you're of like in a this, vineyard, right? Yeah. You're yeah. in the main game. You're in the swampy you know, Eastern European, Polish kind of area. Then in Blood and Wine, you go to like the south of the continent, which looks like uh, like, like the south country. of France or yeah, Italy or something. And like okay. very picturesque and like very pretty with way more colors and stuff than you see like in Velen and stuff. So the monsters all try whole, to kiss you. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. You're going to galas and stuff and 
all kinds of fun stuff. I love galas in my monster hunting games. <laughs> you know, well, that's the interesting thing. Can you play Blunt there? I don't want to hear it. <laughs> no, no, the, some yeah, of the, the social interactions are kind of what makes this game fun too, obviously. Yeah, some of the quest lines, like you won't even kill anybody for like an hour. You'll just be like, you go to this party where you have to talk to different people and you have to kind of blend in and you, yeah, you won't even, there won't be any action for like hours and you're just right, like... but Jacob... Now, as a guy who you know how I play video games, can you recommend this to me? I don't play with sound on, and I click through text <laughs> screens as fast as I can without reading. Would I well, like this video game? I mean, a big part of what's so good about it is the writing and the story. So if you're clicking through that, then so yes. I mean, you still probably like it, but I think you're losing a lot of the what's good about it. They were inspired by Breath of the subtitles. Wild, so <laughs> and keep subtitles on. Yeah, definitely um, keep subtitles on. I mean, this is what I'm definitely excited to revisit. I love little things that CG Project Red has done, like uh, making nods to other game series. They have a Dark Souls bonfire in a cave with a sword sticking out of it. You know, they, they have a lot of stuff like oh, that. Yeah. Uh, the Bovine Defense Force, when people were farming cows for early experience, they created a creature that would come and murder the player character if they killed too many cows, so they oh, would uh, stop the exploit. <laughs> that kind of stuff is really cute, too. Cow. It was a Minotaur, yeah. And that card is in Gwent. Can I ask, Eric, I've asked Jacob this before. I'm going to make him defend it again. But can I get your opinion first? Skyrim versus Witcher 3. Is it no Mm. contest for you? Yeah, I mean, I say Witcher 3. All right. Um, Yeah. I mean, it's, it's more of, it's like, Skyrim, you get the variations in the fighting mechanics. Like, you can be an archer, you can be an assassin, you can do stuff like that. Yeah. Witcher, you get an actually good story. Yeah. Mm. I would say that's exactly right. I'll take the story over the customization any day. True. And another thing that I wanted to say about The Witcher, I think the reason why it, um, to this day, it's so popular is because it came out in 2015. Its graphics hold up. If you compare it to, like, Skyrim that came out in 2011, that's getting a little dated now. Even Skyrim, which at the time looked pretty great. What about um, I, HD collection? What about VR? Still, if you compare it to Witcher, I mean, there's pretty good strides made in those four-year difference there. And I think for a game that came out in 2015, The Witcher 3 holds up pretty well to today's standards. And I think that's why it'll live on for a long time as a popular game compared to, you know, Skyrim and also Witcher 1 and 2, which don't look nearly as good. So, I mean, arguably, like, Oblivion was a better game with a better story than Skyrim. But yeah. it's just Skyrim... It happened to be released, you know. Yeah, and even some of the da- the mechanics of Oblivion are kind of dated now. And too. their engine sucks, so. Yeah. I'm diving back in. Mike's diving back in. Joe, are you diving back in? Uh, yeah, I think I might. I'm I'm really excited for Cyberpunk 2077, and that's kind of uh, all I think about when I think about diving back into The Witcher. Is like, boy, I can't <laughs> wait until it's. Nah. Uh, the future. Something I'm a little more excited well, about. Like you, you I struggle could with wait fantasy. for Witcher Four. Maybe are you a guy who's sitting around thinking that will happen? Because boys, book boys, we've got some news that CD Projekt Red has settled with paying off Sapacheski or however we're deciding to say that, and potentially there could oh. be some Witcher Four news. Hmm. Yeah, I saw that. It seems like they're actually going to be in the works for another game, but that it might not cool. be revolving around Geralt necessarily. They're kind of wrapping, wrapping up Geralt's story with three. Because the way between the regular campaign and also the end of Blood and Wine, like it really feels like Geralt's like, 
I'm retiring, I'm done, I'm good. Yeah. Like, I'm old. Especially if you get certain endings, because a lot of it depends on if you're trying to end up with Yennefer in the end, or if you're trying to end up with Triss in the end. Don't try to don't try to get with both. That's my recommendation because that doesn't work. Out. <laughs> Somebody failed. Don't try to don't get try with Siri. Don't play yourself, <laughs> Colin. Don't don't try to get with Siri. I'll put you on a watch list. I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> so, if Cyberpunk's in the future, do you think the Mistress of Time and Space will be <laughs> <I'm> in the future? <laughs> That's my big prediction. For I hope it's a strange um, world. Gerald just was cuts like a off Keanu Reeves. Give me a horse. There was that. Oh yeah, yeah there was ahead. actually like a slight little nod at some point because Siri does like teleport to different worlds or stuff like that, and like and in just passing, she's talking about this world that she went to that was like everything's made of metal and stuff flying in the air and like bright lights everywhere and just kind of yeah. like just the way they describe it was just like oh yeah because that's cyberpunk like because I'm happy to hear that video game yeah like, it was just kind of like a slight incant that Siri might have been to cyberpunk at some point. All right, Netflix is going to do this. Well, that's awesome. Ed universe <laughs> yes they're right. going to be interconnected well um anything else on the game so i or, or like you were saying we... if they are making a witcher 4 it'll be interesting to see if that comes out around the same time as the elder scrolls 6 which apparently bethesda is making which one of those would do better mm. you know and that kind of can prove the whole head to head cd project red better than bethesda once and for all Ooh. They definitely make more stable builds, it yeah. seems like, at least on their third iteration. But it took, you know, them Bethesda a couple tries to get the, the Elder Scrolls yeah. formula and nailed then down. But it. Right. Same thing with yeah, Fallout. Exactly. But you can play it on your microwave, Eric. <laughs> they don't want to take sides. They just want to keep doing their thing. Um, so I guess if we're looking at the game uh, as the thing that kind of brought it into kind of the nerd radar for video gamers and stuff like that, uh, the show that Netflix has produced is what brought it kind of into the casuals or the, the actual normies radar. So how about we go ahead and talk to Netflix season one of The Witcher right after this. back we're firing up our netflix subscriptions we're watching the witcher we are the watchers uh and we have our little bard next to us jeskar aka dandelion that's another difference between the show and the books right boys that's right yeah i mean in the in the in the games he's called dandelion um i assume that his which his polish name is sounds a little better than dandelion because that's kind of a dumb name actually so Yaskir, <laughs> I think, is his more traditional name. So I, I, I actually like it as a, as a change for the show. Gotcha. Well, I mean, so we get eight, eight episodes here with Netflix starring uh, Henry Cavill and the other people. <laughs> Does anyone know <laughs> the other leads? <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I can't remember their names, but I was just... No. <laughs> there we go. But they were I was just looking it up. So. Yennefer and Siri, uh, do you guys like them again as co-leads? We talked about this a little bit. Eric, you were saying, eh, maybe not because the books are a little better. I kind of liked – Geralt seems passive in the show. I don't want to get into it too much, but in that last episode, yeah. he's not even in it, guys. It almost seems like he wishes for a girlfriend, he gets one. Somebody gives him a daughter, great. And it's other than that, he's just a guy who sort of walks around. Is that – Yeah. I don't know. Well, he's, just trying, to, he's just trying to live his life and, and – 
be a witcher. That's all he wants to do. He wants to stay out of the whole, you know, kingdoms and politics and stuff, but he keeps getting forced into it. Well, maybe a good thing to start with here. Uh, first of all, Anya Chalotra plays Yennefer. That's right. She's I was going to say. Tour de Force, wow. and Freya Allen is playing Siri. And Thank a you, lot Mike. of the other supporting cast is great. Let's go around real quick, starting with Eric. Let's say, is it a good? Is it a bad? Or is it a fuck? Um, so, so. So, Eric, what do you think of the show? I right say it's whole? good. I'll say good. as a whole, it's good. Okay. Uh, Jacob. Yeah, I think as, as a whole, it's good. Um, there's some changes that I like and some changes that I don't like, but yeah. All right, Joe? Uh, I was pretty lukewarm on it at the beginning, and then it grew on me a little. Uh, I'm definitely going to keep watching, but I think you have Henry Cavill, who feels like he's in a video game, and then a bunch of other people around him who kind of feel like they're in something else. So Yeah, I kind of I'm agree with that as well. apprehensively looking forward to more. It definitely grew on it, because I'll be honest, the first... Uh, the first episode, other than like the badassness of it, I, I felt like I was making fun of it a lot. Um, and <laughs> then it sort of grew on me in each episode. I was making fun of it less. Uh, and now, yeah, like I'm, I'm definitely in for a season two. All right. And Colin? Yeah, I guess that's all it takes. I like this new segment you pitched, Mike. Uh, the good, the bad, or is it fuck it? Uh, I was so sad, <laughs> I think you said. Uh, yeah, yeah I'll just... go in that in between. I got to go there. You know, there's a lot to like and a lot not to like, guys. But I, I think there's a lot of good, though. Yeah, and I'm kind of in the, I think the season as a whole, I give it a, a kind of a so-so. Is all right. It was a good setup, though, for where we're going. And I think the issues I had with season one are going to be completely gone in season two. And the other thing I want to bring up is everyone's comparing this to Game of Thrones. So obviously it has warring factions. It has nudity and it has violence, right? And, right. Um, it definitely is different in a couple of key ways. Um, it's not as think, good. Uh, it's not as good as Game of Thrones, in my opinion. No, no, I, I don't. And I think the comparisons are kind of off base. Eric, do you agree or disagree with that kind of thought? See, I actually kind of feel like the better way to compare it would be to compare it with uh, like Mandalorian, of just kind of following this one character oh. story. Yeah. As kind of a I feel fathers. like that's a better Love way to that. compare it than with. Game of Thrones, because Game of Thrones is just very clear, very precise. Oh, we're in Winterfell. We're with the Starks. Oh, we're at Castle Rock with Lannister and like all that stuff. Right. Well, Witcher and Mandalorian is we're going to different places every episode. We're doing all these different adventures. Yeah. And I think a problem I had is I didn't have a good sense of geography or time or place. And I think that's tough with it. Yeah. I just want to let me just explain real quick for people who might be confused because it is very confusing. There's yeah. three different time periods taking place at the same time. So each of the three main characters that it focuses on, Geralt, Yennefer, and uh, Ciri, they're all taking place in different time periods until they meet up. So the Yennefer stuff is the oldest, her backstory. Then the Geralt Ooh, stuff. My back. <laughs> is, it's her <laughs> backstory. Yeah. <laughs> three shots. Um, her backstory. <laughs> Got him. Uh, and then the Geralt stuff is in is in the middle, and then the Siri stuff is the latest, latest or yeah, early, uh, uh, yeah, latest, most current, most current, yeah. So basically, when you see the fall of Sintra, that's a good kind of um, way to get your bearings. So the, so the fall of Sintra, you see it in episode two from Siri's point of view, and then uh, you see it again at the end of the show from Geralt and Yennefer's point of view, and then you, that kind of shows how. 
everything that's happening with Siri up until the last moment of the show is happening after everything that's happening with Geralt in the show. Does that make sense? It's like you're bearing, yeah. And actually, yeah. I found out yeah. that they were inspired to do it that way by the movie Dunkirk, the Christopher Nolan movie. <laughs> We've all been inspired okay. by Dunkirk. You don't have to so explain. If you, yeah, if, why not? If you've seen Dunkirk, um, it takes place in three different time periods. The same event, um, one a week before, one a day before, and one an hour before the three different... Um, you guys have seen Dunkirk, right? Nope. Oh. Well, <laughs> you got it. <laughs> that's how it is. Nope. But I, I hear what you're saying. You kind of use Centra as, as your that's your compass. That's your that's your north. Yeah. Depending on whether it's been invaded or not, you know, if you're forward or back. That's not right. Rashomon. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of, um, I feel like just also going back to when each one of us leaving our good Matt or bucket mm-hmm. one is like me and Jacob both really liked it, but we also know the lore. And yeah. uh, this was something that I occurred when I was watching, I was watching with my family and none of them know anything about this. They don't, they've never heard of the game or anything like that. And right. so to them, the first couple episodes, they're like, yeah, it's okay. It's whatever. But like, because as they Eric, watch more, they're like, us not having that background, hearing the words Sintra, Siri, Karamethia, I believe. Nilfgaard. You know, yeah, but yeah, I mean, just guard, the C words guard, specifically that are all tied together. Were you hearing that over and over and over, Eric? I, I, I feel for your family. I was right there with them. Yeah, and so and this kind is of a, tying in with... Oh, you can up. Just another question, comparing it to Game of Thrones. Um, do you guys, as book boys, have the same sort of, like, emotion that people who read Song of Fire and Ice do? Like, do you have kind of that roadmap? Are you going to be the one explaining to your friends where we're going from here? Does that excite you or does that add to it? With Game of Thrones, it's a little different because there's like Game of Thrones is known for its like plot twist and its subversion of expectations. Right. So like certain things like the red wedding book readers are like, Oh, I can't wait till people see the red wedding and their reaction and stuff. The Witcher doesn't have that as much. Like there's not like these huge like plot twists like there is in Game of Thrones. So I think it's a little different, but even if you play the games, you're going to know some of the names of the countries and the people. You're going to be a little more familiar. You're going to be like, oh, Stregobor. I've heard that name before. Blah, blah, blah. So I think I'm it's a little easier. Off. But it's definitely like Game of Thrones and The Witcher are very hard to get into if you don't know anything about them going into it. And I think The Witcher is a little more confusing because it does not hold your hand at all. It's just like, here we are. Here's Geralt. Here's all these different names that you don't know, these different countries. You have no idea what's going on. We're just going to throw you in the middle of it and just go with it. Yeah, and I kind of feel like, again, like the comparison with Game of Thrones isn't quite as good, besides just throwing you in with a bunch of the names and stuff like that, and how it's kind of more of, like with uh, Mandalorian, for instance, about how you follow that story. Mm-hmm. But like with Mandalorian, you're o- first off, you're only following the Mandalorian. So that right there makes it easier to follow. And then secondly, like... Star Wars has been, it, like, everybody knows Star Wars stuff. Like, you, you see Baby Yoda and it's Baby Yoda. Like, everybody on Earth knows that that's Baby Yoda. You don't even need to give it a name. Like, it right, does right. Force stuff and everyone's like, oh, it's the Force. It's a Jedi and, like, all that stuff. Oh, well, with the, the Witcher, it's like, they're trying to introduce all this stuff while also doing three different stories at the same time. And you're just yeah. like, wait, who am I? Where am I? Like, there's no defining thing. It's just like, oh, Mandalorian, we're, that's and Tatooine. most of those cool. characters don't age, Eric. You know, you know, right. you guys keep telling me the Yennefer stuff, so it's like, well, sure, I guess. But then you're also telling me Ger- Geralt doesn't age, and it's like, well, I didn't know that at all until like halfway through. He just he ages slower, but yeah, it's not as noticeable. The thing is, like with with 
with Yennefer, like they just give you very small context clues that you have to pick up on. Like they really don't hold your hand. And I kind of like that about the show. And I'm actually surprised it's so popular because of that. But um, it just kind of like, yep, just deal with it. Like we're not going to explain anything to you. You just got to figure it out. The whole league of sorcerers and everything, whatever they're called. Um, wow. And I kind of like that about it. Yeah. I mean, I'm first blush right after I watched it. I was like, I was a little bit confused. But once I kind of figured it out and thought about it, like, yeah, I, I I don't need a lower third that says 200 years ago, right? Right. Um, and I, I do like it as a storytelling thing because, as we said, Yennefer's story isn't explored in the books. So they had to, like, figure out how do we introduce these three main characters so that at the end of the season, we're ready to start the adventure of their family unit, right? Exactly. And the only way to do it is to jump through time, and I kind of do appreciate they didn't hold my hand. And that's kind of why they needed the series stuff, even though I felt like the series stuff in the first season was the weakest Certainly part the weakest. of the show. It's basically her just running from place to place, being chased, and then like meeting some new people, staying with them for a night, and then like, like yeah, the next morning she's got to run again. Um, I'm hoping that her character gets a lot more fleshed out in the next season and is more like the Siri from the show. I mean, uh, from the game, obviously they'll get there eventually, but yeah. Do you think the next season is going to continue the same convention, and would you want to see that, where you have three different time periods that all converge at one point. No, I think they only did that to show the Yennefer and Siri backstories while also showing, because if they didn't have that, they wouldn't be able to show Siri at all in the first season. So it wouldn't make sense. So I think they had to do it for that reason. But now that they're all kind of met up, I mean, they haven't met Yennefer. Siri hasn't met Yennefer yet, but that's like the last line obviously is like, who's Yennefer. So obviously from now on, they can just go from the same time period for all three characters. Yeah, and um, assuming they follow how the books go, like the next thing that they should be doing would be series getting training at Caraboran with Geralt. Yeah, which is like the flashback to Witcher Three opens. In, yes, correct? yes. So it'll be really yes. cool Basically, to see Caraboran in the show. Everyone would be familiar with that. Yeah, we're gonna see Vesemir probably next season. Did you um, guys see like, the uh, the Mark Hamill petition? Oh, that would be play. sick for yeah. for Vesemir. Get, that would be get sick. Mark yeah. to be Vesemir. He, yeah, I, I think he that's tweeted hilarious. about he has it. No idea who that is. Yeah, he was like, <laughs> "No one's called my agent." More respect. <laughs> yeah, there you Basically, go. yeah, yeah. Vesemir is like um, Geralt's like old mentor, Witcher guy. Um, so that would be pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, it would be cool to see some other Witchers. We just see the one in the show who who gets uh, killed. Um, yeah, by the Striga, I believe. Uh, let's go around then and say what, what we each think is maybe the strongest thing about the show and then the weakest thing about the show. Again, we're going to start with uh, the guest, Eric. What, what's the strongest thing about the show? I'd say the strongest thing would easily be Henry Cavill. Just as a whole, mm-hmm. I think he did a phenomenal job as Geralt. You mean literally like, the strongest, though, because he can lift the most? Uh, yeah, well, I'm not talking physically. True. I'm talking <laughs> yeah. you know, metaphorically. Yeah, no, just his physicality alone. But no, I think like... his bath bod yeah the way that they are doing the Geralt story is like both very accurate to the books and very accurate to the character and like I just think he just did a phenomenal job as um in portraying that I was most engaged when he was on screen uh Jacob yeah I mean I agree with Eric like Henry Cavill kills it and I like that it's kind of a combination of like obviously he's played the games and he knows the books so he's kind of taking it both from both of those sources and incorporating into his Geralt it feels very both very faithful to the books and to the show, so I or to the game. So I like that, and I think he's crushing it. Definitely the best part of the show. The fight choreography is like amazing. Um, like some of the fights, I would put above anything in Game of Thrones. Like 
it's it definitely more stylized than game of, like game of thrones is trying to be more realistic but killer uh fight choreography for sure and then i also really like yennefer and the actress that plays yennefer i think she does a really good job both uh when she's hunched back and then when she gets her makeover and becomes a sorceress like i think she does a really good job as well and that transformation scene is fucking nuts yeah and she is just going all out selling it man it is so and the way it's cut man. with uh you know um Geralt fighting the street gun stuff that, that's a really good sequence yeah very well done joe um yeah, I mean, everyone's talking about how great Henry is. Obviously, he's he's doing a great job. The fight choreography is great. I'll just say the the production design in general. Like Mr. Porcupine, don't know his real name. I'll just call him Mr. Porcupine. He looked great. Dunny. Yeah. All of the um, uh, monsters, I think, look great. Um, for for a TV budget on like a risk, yeah, like, I'm really buying their budget, the world. Their budget definitely shows at points, but I think for what they're working with, I think it's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they spent it in the right places. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. Uh, I think the weakest thing though, is like a lot of the other performances, um, other than Henry, I don't really buy anyone. So like that's, you don't kind buy of, Jennifer either. I think she's great. No, I think she's really bad personally. Huh? Um, really? Okay. I just, I don't, I don't see any appeal to her. I don't buy her struggle at all. Like she's giving the, the impassioned speech to the uh, the council of witches, whatever the people running Hogwarts, and like I just don't I don't believe that she believes anything she's saying. So I think that's something that is going to be a, a hurdle for me in season two. Is mm. I'm excited to watch Henry Cavill fuck up some monsters, but I need to get more invested in in some of these other actors. All right, gotcha. Well, we'll put a pin there because I want to ask Colin then what what's working for him, and then we can revisit that that thought. Uh, I'll say that uh, that we have more fantasy on TV. You know, I'll, I'll follow Joe's suit and say just the idea of The Witcher. I'm very excited about, and the and the fact that they made it, that they take risks on more. Obviously, Game of Thrones has paid off, guys. We're lucky to live in that post Thrones world. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. You know, like all you guys said, the Henry Cavill's working for me. I do like the other cast members. Um, Jaskier's song is probably my favorite thing about the series. Really? <laughs> Toss a coin to your witcher. It has been in my head for <laughs> oh, weeks. Yeah. Oh, there's so many um, remixes. People are loving it. Oh, yeah. I'm not a huge I'll Jaskier fan. i on this episode. Toss a coin to your witcher. When he breaks up with Jaskier, I was so sad. I'm like, he's all right, but he's... perfect for his character. Yeah, yeah. It's great for the character. Um... Um, also, I think, you know, what, what, maybe we could go to what's not working. I'll just get this out of the way first. I hate the design of the, I hate the bad guy, the main villain, and I hate the design of their armor. Like, oh, I the Nilfgaardian armor. Really, yeah, they're, they're trash. I hate the Yeah, Nilfgaardian. I don't know why. What, what's not working? Yeah, so, what do you think? Well, going on to what you said, uh, the bad guy, Kehir. Um, Kehir, right. Yeah. It, in the books, like, he's kind of, he ha- just has a mask on, so you can't even tell who it is. And I feel mm. like that just alone would have helped. Just like an uh, like a faceless menace, like you don't know who it is. It's just some guy and in Darth black. Vader. Yeah, exactly, a Darth Vader type character. Just a guy in black armor trying to capture her. Would have worked a lot better. But like, you got to show the guy's face because acting and all that stuff. I'm so Tell dumb. I feel like I don't remember this guy. He's like the the Vader? Black Knight from Nilfgaard who's trying to capture Ciri. There's- and he murders a bunch of his own guys. 
because he's paranoid about the doppelganger. I just remember yeah, beard sorcerer, sorcerer doppelganger guy. What's his name? Wormwood or Beetlebum? Mousesack? No, no, no. Mousesack. 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 It's a crazy contraption. <laughs> Malfoy. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but yeah. Besides care, I mean, what's some stuff that you think doesn't really land for you, Eric? I mean, I could, I could kind of go deep into each episode about like just little things to tidbit, like kind of piggybacking on what Joe said with uh, Yennefer, like mm-hmm. her backstory isn't really touched on in like any, any of like the other mediums, like just, it's very brief and her like motivation for like wanting to have a kid thing. It was also kind of not really how it was in the books from what I remember. Like it's more of. Yeah, witches and magicians like they kind of just become sterile from using black magic. Like it's an unfortunate. It's like an unfortunate. Yeah, it like I think I I think she did kind of go through a transformation thing to become beautiful and all that stuff, but I don't think it was at the cost of her fertility. Hmm. Like I see. Like so, I feel like that kind of being like just a side thing of just like trying to give her more character kind of backfired, at least for me. I actually like that change in okay. the in the show because, like, basically, her gotcha. transforming herself to be beautiful, she gives up her fertility, and it's kind of like now she wants to have a child, and it's kind of driving her and stuff. Yeah, it doesn't bother me thematically, and I honestly, I think she's better when she's lumpy. But I just don't buy her struggle at all. Like, I just don't. Uh, she she's so not dumb doing magic. Me. It's not she the does. writing, it's literally the performance. She doesn't you know. she doesn't seem confident at all for a character that in my mind has always like, you know, wafted confidence everywhere she goes. Hmm. See, in my mind I see this character as someone who is always the girl in the pigsty, who no matter how powerful or beautiful she becomes, in the back of her mind she still is like not that confident right? right and when she gets the life that she wanted she finds out it's really hollow just to be a fucking court mage and no one gives a shit exactly right? yeah. so that's why she wants a kid it worked for me but you know no the thematically it all works for me it's her performance that doesn't which is the okay. same thing with other you know like the yeah. the queen as well and like i have some issues most with the queen's performance yeah, yeah. Well, um, Jacob, what, what's something that doesn't work? Yeah, for here's you? well. First of all, I disagree. I think uh, can, yeah. I think um, Jennifer. I think I th- her her actress. I think she does a really good job. So I, dis- I disagree with that. And I'm on your team there, Jacob. Yeah. But you know, but different opinions. Fight things fight, I don't fight. like. Um, have to agree with the Nilf Guardian armor. I don't know why they designed it like that. It's like wrinkled metal. Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> why would so scrotal? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They look like a bunch of scrotums. Um, <laughs> with dickhead helmets. Yeah, yeah. Bad design. Uh, they should have just did the design from the games because that was fine for the Nilf Guardian armor. But uh, a couple things, I a couple characters I'm not a huge fan of. Yaskier, I don't mind super a lot, but his I'm kind of annoyed a little at times by him. But I understand like his purpose, but doesn't always work for me. Um, mm. Siri and her actress, I don't like very much at all. Uh, like I already mentioned. Um, and then Nilfgaard overall is a threat. I don't think it's really explained enough how the di- like the different relationships between the different countries, and they don't even mention like Redania and some of the other northern kingdoms. Um, and mm. then by the end, they're just introducing characters, and it's like, why the fuck are you introducing him? Like Vilgefortz at the end, it's like, why are you introducing him now? Like you're not even explain who he is or what his purpose is. And then the 
uh, Fringilla, the evil witch that goes to Nilfgaard, they don't explain her. Why is she evil? Like she was just another, like she was in Yennefer's class and basically Yennefer was supposed yeah. to go to Nilfgaard, but Yennefer wanted to go to Adern, which is where yeah, she got from. sorted into Slytherin Jacob. <laughs> We've all been there. But Fringilla, she to go to yeah. prom with <laughs> Harry. So Fringilla gets assigned to Nilfgaard after, um, Yennefer goes to Adern instead and then for some reason becomes evil and is willing to like fight the rest of the council of witches. I don't think that's really explained enough. And there's too many characters at the end. There's like, Oh, there's also these other people. It's like a little too much at the end. I think. See all those questions coming up. I agree. And I, that's why I thought, Oh, well maybe they're going to continue this, uh, this device of like three different timelines to, to fill in some blanks. But I don't know. I guess no one else thought that I, I, that's kind of just how I thought they were going to structure the show. No, I think, I mean, that was mainly to show Siri and Yennefer now that they're all joined up in this. Once our leads. Yeah. I mean, I could see flashbacks being very useful though to like older wars. Colin, what's some stuff we haven't heard from you yet that's not working for you? I will be the one since we've been a little praising of it, who will be critical and lambast a bit the execution of the structuring. Uh, I'm somebody who believes you can pull off anything anyway. You know, you you get what you're given, and it it can be good, but it can always also be greater. I like the plot of Rise of the Skywalker, but there are tweaks and changes in there that can make it a thousand times better. Same goes for The Witcher. Literally, if you just edited what we were presented with in a different way, I wouldn't be lost of watching an episode where I hear a name, and then in the next one, that person existed 40 years ago, I guess, but it could also be a legend or, or something. I don't know, it's just, it's, it, I don't know, it, it, you keep saying not holding your hand, but it also, it just, it sort of tricks you in the way it's presented. Well, you have to pick up on those context clues. Like when they mention the no. Queen of Sintra, she's like a young girl going into battle during, like when Yennefer is young or something. So it's like, you have to figure out that. I think there's a difference between not holding your hand and poor execution. And I see what they're trying to do but there is no stylistic difference at all. And I'm not saying I need a time card or a simple filter put over top, but I need some sort of indication either whether it's the way you shoot it or the way the world looks, um, paying more attention to like it's surroundings. I would say even if you released the episodes in a different order, if you didn't start, if the pilot wasn't the last thing that happens in the entire series, I wouldn't have so many questions. Well, there's a ton of ways it could do yeah. it. Like you could show Citra like fully intact and then show it like crumbled, like show the same building in different states to signify like if we shift. That's it why I something. think it's confusing. I, I'm not a writer. It's though. confusing at the beginning, but by the time you get to the end of the season, it should be like somewhat cleared up. But I think it's interesting that they based it on um, Dunkirk. They got the idea from Dunkirk because that's a movie where that concept really works. Like there's a specific reason for it. This is just like, well, we don't know how else to show Siri for the first part of the show. So we have to do this time travel thing. And that's kind of why it comes off lazy to me. If they keep this structure for every season, I'll like it in the long run. If it's just because you wanted to take the easiest way out to introduce all the characters and how they know each other, then that that doesn't really work for me. Yeah, so... Assuming they go off the books, like, that should be done with it altogether. Because, like, again, like, kind of going off mm. how the books were, like, none of the Yennefer stuff happened before the Jin episode. Like, that's not in the books at all. Like, so right. it either be, it either would be, like, five episodes of just Geralt doing Geralt stuff, 
at one episode with Yennefer and then like maybe the dragon one also with Yennefer and then Yennefer's gone like she's not in it for like really the rest of the show and then Geralt shows up and there's Ciri at like the second to last episode where it gets sacked and then Ciri's running the like the entire last episode would be if they kind of went like in actual chronological order right so So that's why they wanted to obviously they wanted to focus more on yennefer get her backstory focus on siri and do that all throughout the whole first season so they kind of had to structure it that way unless they were just you have no choice because she's like 400 years old yeah you know and it is confusing because Geralt's 150 right and she doesn't seem to age obviously because she's a witch and none of the other sorcerers is age so it's like she just mentions offhand that she's been like doing something for decades and it's like oh okay I didn't. Yeah, but so it's hard to tell. Just, if you had one standalone episode that was her backstory, you wouldn't need to spread it out through five or six episodes. You yeah. have eight episodes to work yeah, with. Yeah, pretty like, much. You know, and then the little girl is just literally running around for four or five episodes. You, right. you don't need any. Yeah, of that. the dryad arc was very. It's like my least favorite stuff no. of the show. Yeah, that's it's, my complaint too. Is that it's a very slow bit in the book too. Like it's yeah, uh, yeah it's just kind of like okay. When she goes like to Bocalon, like, like, and that's kind of pointless, and it's like, yeah, she meets some nice family that lets her sleep there, and then the next night she has to run again and go somewhere else, and it's just like, that could have been cut out of the show. A lot of the structure felt like it was just to, to stretch things out, and like, yeah. if you have this structure for a reason, it can't just be for that, or or I'm going to look down on it. Well, I think the Sintra yeah. stuff is, ba- or the Siri is basically to show that basically everyone's trying to get their hands on her. The whole reason why Nilfgaard conquers Sintra is to try to get Siri. Everyone wants her. The elves want her. Blah blah blah. So it's just kind of showing her importance, but not really. It's not a good use. She of doesn't time. have much agency. No, though. not yet. Right, but it, she can't do anything until she meets up with Geralt. I do think sometimes, like there wasn't enough Henry Cavill. Like I'm trying to think in hindsight how much of the show he was in. It almost feels like uh, the Yennefer and Siri show sometimes yeah. uh, and i wonder if season two is going to feature more cavill maybe they got more money to pay him because it has been a success I, that's what i hope to see going forward i, th- I think it will because like it really is like they're the characters have met up at this point so it's going to be henry doing his stuff and like going who knows how many seasons the show goes hopefully for me as yes, hoping for multiple like it, there mm-hmm. will be points when siri goes off and does something or yennefer will show up and do stuff with Geralt or whatever but, like, it still is, for the most part, Geralt doing stuff. And, like, I think at some point it will be Geralt, then Siri, then Geralt, then Siri, and just kind of switch between the two. Because Yennefer yeah. really is kind of a side character. Exactly. Mm. But that's why She's I think, not, you know, I, I watched some interviews and stuff with the showrunner and stuff, and it seems like she really fell in love with the whole. Uh, Yennefer character and also she really liked the actress so she's just like I'm gonna show more of the Yennefer backstory and you kind of get her motivations and stuff which isn't really shown in the books she's just kind of a love interest to Geralt and also a very powerful sorceress yeah we wouldn't get the slugs otherwise um what so what do we think I mean I'm trying to think of a standout episode. For me, it's just there's like standout sequences. I love the butcher of Blaviken. Yeah. It's like a long one take action scene. Yeah. Like, that's some of my favorite. Did you stuff. like the dragon that turned out to be a human? <laughs> I actually did because it was a gold dragon, which reminds me of D and D. And gold dragons really cool. in D and D are very social. And D and D, the what dragons a gold dragon can would be take like. a human yeah. form. I, I just thought that was very cool. And gold dragons like to behave like that. So I was like, oh, I, I get I get this, you know? So. And that's kind of another theme of, of the short stories where 
basically Geralt goes into one situation and then it's n- things are never what they seem. So like he gets hired to be to hunt a dragon and then it turns out the guy that's hunting that hired him is actually the dragon. So it's like he's always it's always more morally gray than Fish it starts out him. as. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's set up from the very beginning with Renfrey. Yes. Know, with the lesser of two evils, I choose neither. See, I I kind of want to ask you guys about that. Like, what were your thoughts about like, did you feel the weight of that decision? Because to me personally, I didn't feel like he really was deciding that much because it was kind of just like they were showing up out of nowhere. He's like, oh, right. Fight. I think maybe it wasn't a good story to do the first episode because you're introducing the whole world and then you're like oh by the way like Geralt's got to make this whole moral choice and so you got to know who Stregobor is you got to know who Renfrey is you got to know her whole backstory and it's like too much in the first episode and it, it makes you not really care about it as much but I actually really like Renfrey as a character and like the actress that played her so I wish that was a little more developed for me, Renfrey is the best girl in this yeah. series. I liked Renfrey a lot. She wasn't quite developed enough, but I was hoping she would be in the show more, actually, when I got introduced to her. So I was a little bummed uh, when that happened. Yeah, I mean, she could have been... They shouldn't have... I don't think they should have killed her in the first episode. That should have been a more stretched out thing to really feel the weight of, of what's going on there. Yeah. Yeah. But what do we... How about, like, the last battle? Like, yeah, has that ever been in the books? Like, the mages sacrificing themselves to become giant bombs and stuff? Like, the kind of assault? Uh, uh, the assault itself? No. Um, they... It, the event occurred, and it is mentioned multiple times, because it was like... Oh, I can't remember the actual name. But, like, they're like, oh, the battle on this hill, where... Yeah. So it's like a big event yeah, in yeah, the world. Yeah, yeah, the battle's on hill, like where X amount of mages died, be like it like was the indicator of the start of an invasion. Wow, yeah, something like that. Okay, so it was like they reference it multiple times, and like character like Yennefer was there, Triss is there, like a couple other mages that were there at the battle, um, are like kind of marked down in history and like stuff like that, and like their main characters and yeah. books and games and all that stuff, but like they don't really be like oh, and then random snake things took over people's minds and made them blow stuff up right and a fog blew across yeah i definitely okay. like yeah, the like, uh, um, and, the people the sorcerers that like made themselves bombs i thought that was a really cool idea because the whole point of is like to do magic you have to take the energy from some other form of life right so they kind of established that so they're using their life force to do this bomb they're attack such fanatics Chaos. that they're literally becoming a bomb yeah yeah but again um, they have chaos control, an Mike, like sonic <laughs> but what's again what's fr- fringilla's reasoning for doing anything why is she evil blah 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 maybe that'll get expanded next season yeah i thought fringilla was fine um i hate when i see people using castles not as proper castles like the whole point is just to make people walk through your tiny doorway and shoot them with a million arrows but people keep walking out the front gate and just engaging in melee combat it's like what the right use trebuchets yeah, so at least they had that going but then they also true, can yeah. open they up start, portals. They, just, they started off with trebuchets, and they're like, oh, we can just open portals. Yeah, yeah. they can just shoot arrows through portals yeah. at you. <laughs> or you could just use a portal to go anywhere like she did when she was fighting the assassin, which that was a cool sequence with his giant Yeah, that monster. was very cool. Um, but all in all, I think the show is a success. Some storytelling uh, hiccups aside, I'm excited for season two. And... Um, I want to get just more of Geralt of Rivia. I think it's uh, more Henry Cavill. Good. 
Yeah, I think it's a, a strong first season, especially given the amount they had to introduce people to in this universe. As we've discussed on this episode at length, it's it's pretty in-depth and can be interpreted a lot yes. of ways. So the show is just another way to dive into stuff that's not even explored in the books or the games. I do think Trish uh, gets Trish gets the short stick. Yeah, like, I'm um, not a huge fan of Trish in the show. I mean, she hasn't done much yet. Um, but yeah, I mean, she's good in the games, but I'm more of a Yennefer guy anyway, so... Well, Jacob, you okay. were telling me off pod that they really screwed her up for specific reasons in the show. Do you want to go into that for any reason? What was that? Oh, the, the no stuff unicorn. Huh? Oh, that's right. That's right. There's the unicorn. That's Yennefer's <laughs> unicorn. But yeah, yeah oh, just yeah, the right. aspect of Triss um, um, basically tricking Geralt into being with her because he has amnesia. <laughs> that's pretty crazy. Yeah. That's an interesting storyline, which is like, oh, play the game because that sounds like a terrible thing to do, but an interesting story to um, participate in as a passenger. So um, we've kind of talked all three aspects of The Witcher, the books, the games, and now the Netflix series. So let's go ahead and get our final thoughts. Let's go to collect our coin right after this. It'll be your final thoughts on The Witcher. We're wrapping things up here, Normie. We're dealing one last hand of Gwent. I just drew the Geralt card, so I'm going to play that right now. Sneak attack. I did just win, uh, if that's how that game is played. Again, we don't know. Law of surprise. But that's talking the Witcher. Uh, and I did just invoke the law of surprise, Joe. So actually, oh, it's the law of reverse. So Uno, Uno, we got yeah, you, yeah. <laughs> Uh We're wrapping up our thoughts here on The Witcher. Uh, as we said, we talked the games, we talked the books, we talked the uh, the series. Show. Final thoughts here. We're going to go to our guests and we'll talk to our book boy experts. We'll start with Eric. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm overall happy with how the first season for the show went. Like, I think. It's a great introduction to the world as a whole, and I think they've got a lot of strong points for going into season two, which they've they like already announced before this season even came out that they were working on it. Right. Uh, and it, for the franchise as a whole, like, I want to know which Witcher is which, which means, um, like, which witchiest. type of Witcher content do you think is is there a superior one or are they all are they all equally valid and worth checking out if you're interested in this world? I'd say for most people start with probably start with the show. Mm-hmm. Just cuz it's the easiest thing to access for most people. It I gives like you Geralt's introduction and then from there go go to the game. It's one of the best it's to most there's a lot of people it's probably the best game of the decade. Let's go to Wild Hunt. Okay. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. It's reverse Wild, order. Wild Hunt, the number three in particular, mm-hmm. just because it even more great storytelling. It adds on like at that point, you get to see Siri as a cool badass chick that just can teleport around and kill stuff, and like Yennefer does some really cool stuff too. She's got like killer crows and stuff in the opening sequence. Nice, but like it, it's a it's a good spinoff to that. And then if you really go like like it, read the books. Wow, so the reverse after order. the first two. It, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. I would say uh, start with the game. If you like, if you're a big video game person, start with the games because it really that's how most people have started since the show just came out. 
Um, and it also, I think if you start with which with Witcher three, you'll be more familiar with the names and places when you try to watch the show. So it might help you understand him a little more. But you can start with the show too. Either one is fine. It's like, I think. Hmm, do I want to spend 120 hours playing the game or eight hours watching? Well, it's the worth show. it just to play. I think the game right <laughs> now is superior to the show right now because there's only one season. Yeah, and they're still finding their legs. I think, but overall, I do like the show. I mean, I could go through and nitpick every little detail and change that's made and stuff, but overall, I think it's a pretty good adaptation, and I think they've done a good job so far. And I'm excited to see uh, what's next in season two. Awesome. Joe, final thoughts on Witchers? Yeah, you know, everything I've learned from the guys who have read the books and really dedicated time to the game uh, and from watching the show is that this is a franchise built on a character. Um, Obviously, it's all about the main man himself. I like that. I'm always about character-driven stuff. Uh, I'm excited for the future of CD Projekt Red and cyberpunk 2077 which is coming right off of the witcher's backbone uh and while i did have problems with the show i'm not off board i'll definitely be checking out season two and uh i love to just see henry cavill get a win man like his turn at superman i don't think went how anyone hoped it would and i'm loving seeing his success with this yeah i just in this I was going to say, like, when the when the first the show first got announced, I was very hesitant. And I was like, oh, I hope they don't screw this up, see who they cast and stuff. And then when I found out it was Henry Cavill, I was like, oh, I don't know. I didn't like him as Superman. A jock? <laughs> Wasn't a huge fan. But then I found out mm-hmm. that he actively lobbied for the part, and he's, like, a huge fan of the games and stuff. So I was like, okay, I'll give him a chance. And then he killed it. So good job, Henry. Absolutely, I agree. Uh, I guess I'll jump in here, and we'll go back to Colin, right? Um, I think... I should have played the game years ago when Eric yeah. lent it to me. hundred yeah. percent. I still got a, I still got a copy for you. You know, maybe Just let me know when I could come by and watch the Patreon. Oh, get it on steam sale. Um, oh, d- how dare you? Uh, no, no. <laughs> how dare you? But yeah, I know. Definitely. I'll check that game out. I, I, I like the show. I'm a, it was a good setup for season two and uh, maybe I'll get some, some audible, you know, like, I don't know if I have time to read it, but I do listen to a lot of podcasts and stuff. So maybe I'll jump in uh, with uh, the first book there and, go from there but I, I like the witcher as a property i do like that it's a character driven franchise like joe said and it seems like in every iteration they've at least kind of nailed the identity of that character of Geralt. like at least he, it's consistent in kind of his tone and his worldview regardless if you're playing him watching him or reading him for sure yeah for sure. i love Colin? that mike Thank uh you. look you know i just love when a property becomes so cool when it's sort of new pseudo new that it can become a normie, a normie like us, that we can literally talk about it on this podcast. The fact that The Witcher has a TV show right now, you know, we might not have covered it until another game came out or some more game news. So it's just an awesome opportunity. That's what I'm excited for. But I'll ask you guys here one last question before I go, or my last question here to you guys. You know, just go around, answer it one by one, and we can have a little open debate at the end here. But I have to know, just because we're talking this series... And Eric, if you didn't know, we just finished covering all of our Star Wars stuff. So if you had to say silver sword versus a lightsaber, are you more sci-fi or fantasy? What do you like, sci-fi or fantasy, Eric? Oh. Which one would you have to choose out of this, guys? I want to hear. So just hit me with the choice, and then we'll debate it at the end. We can say, no, you're crazy. It's this or that. I'll I'll just jump in real quick. I'll I'll say, 
Yeah, say it, say it. Oh, yeah. Well, it's got to be the lightsaber. Yeah, as an actual weapon, you're like silver sword and lightsaber. That's that's an easy yeah, one yeah. right there. But I think I might go fa- uh, the medieval stuff. Fantasy. Fantasy's got better girlfriends. <laughs> I like both. <laughs> if you had to choose. Uh, if you had to choose. <laughs> Gotta choose me, one. Come, come here. I can't Give me the dark fantasy. saber. Fantasy. Yeah, I mean... Is a little better Joe, for me. Tell us. Oh, sci fi every day, no questions asked. Of course. Yeah. Joe doesn't like fans. Cyber I, uh, dragon. Regular dragon or crate dragon? <laughs> <laughs> crate dragon. Yeah, I mean, okay. I guess like science fantasy is really what I love the most. I mean, that's, you know, they're not really talking about the quantum mechanics of hyperdrives in Joe, Star it's Wars. A, you just they're hit it exactly. There's my argument. Even the fake rules of space are rules. Fantasy has no rules. I like that. Siri has the force, well, fa- essentially, right? I mean, yeah. There's there's of. there's magic systems. Like there's hard magic systems and soft magic systems. And I would say The Witcher has a little more defined one. You know. Yeah. Um, you know, space fantasy. Uh, I would do no, sci-fi I'm because the future, not the past. Well, you know when people say, "Oh man, I wish I lived back in the age of King Arthur." It's like you would probably be like a shit shoveling peasant. <laughs> At right. least in the so future, I, there's probably socialized healthcare and like it's universal the basic Maybe if it's a utopian future, not a dystopian future. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Sci-fi, a replicator on can, every corner. You can lose air at any moment. A ship can explode. Your your planet, whatever. You know, science yeah. can just blow the shit out of you. Yeah, but a gin could just give you a lumpy throat. That's true. I pick I science want fiction, and you don't have indoor plumbing <laughs> because I I like science fiction like um you know Star Trek, Battlestar Galactica, Firefly. You know, those kind of things. Like, those are a little different than Star Wars. Star Wars is almost like, obviously, like fantasy, right? But Yeah, I mean, I, sure. Am I the only one that said fantasy? Damn. No, it's all I'm right. here. I'm uh, saying fantasy. Uh, okay, yeah, because I'm like, I still love personally, I'm like, too. see, I'm like, to me, like, Lord of the Rings, like, Tolkien stuff, uh, the Game of Thrones stuff, mm-hmm. like, and, and Witcher as well, like, with fantasy stuff, I just feel as a general, like, they go so much deeper into the lore stuff. Like, I like all that Star, too. Star Wars, they basically just cut out half, more than half, like all the extended universe stuff because Disney was like, nah, we're done. None of well, that stuff actually happened. Forget about Star Wars. I'm not even, and I like, like, you know, there's so much good genre. sci-fi that I wouldn't even consider Star Wars the best sci-fi. But those are my two favorite genres for sure. You're always saying Metropolis is the best movie ever made. We're like, <laughs> we get it, Jacob Fritz. <laughs> no, Battlestar Galactica, the 2004 version, one of the best sci-fi things ever. It's like a shot for shot remake of the original, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a that's a different show. Hopefully, we'll do that in the future, though. Yeah. Well, I am speaking of sci-fi versus fantasy. I'm I'm thankful to at least have gotten through Star Wars and be back to the normal format, normies, and talking something other than um, the Skywalkers. So now it's all about Geralt, Siri, and Yennefer. That was um, it's been a great episode. I want to thank Eric for coming on. Um, if there's any last thoughts, get them in now or forever. Eric, hold plug your, your content too. What's your content, dude? I don't have content, man. You got your Twitters? You don't want no Instagrams? He doesn't have content. Nah, man. He's off the grid. The Wild Hunt's out there. You can't be putting that out there. I will say one thing. Um, If you want to know, want to go more in depth about the games, including the first and second games, check out this YouTube channel called Super Bunny Hop. Uh, He reviews games and stuff. He did all three 
of the Witchers, and he goes really into detail about the gameplay and what's different about them and, and how each one is. So check those videos out, Normies. Those are fantastic, and I've just put that in the show notes to put in the description of this episode. Oh, great so, idea. Great. Well, thank you all for throwing a coin to your Witchers. Again, this has been a very excellent episode. Um, and once again, this has been your host, Fuck. It's Mike. Joe. This is Colin, Daddy Colin. And Eric. And Oh yeah, and this is uh this is Jacob of Ohio. Oh that's right. <laughs> oh no, you're gonna get geotagged. <laughs> the butcher of Transforming Ohio back into a hunchback. All right, thanks, Normies. <laughs> thanks, Normies. Catch you next time. See ya. Yeah, this is Aquaman, and if you enjoyed that episode, I'd really appreciate it if you give it a like, share, and subscribe on iTunes, and you'd really be one of my man if you share with a friend. We'll be seeing you around.